Temple. Recorded live. I'll be good. Happiness, I know everything shines. Hey, let's play a game when we get done, okay? You owe me a game, Aaron. Because I'm real. I'll be fine once I get it. I'll be good. Tell me what you know about dreams. Tell me what you know about night terrors. Nothing. Tell me what you know about dreams. Dreams. Tell me what you know about night terror nothing. I gotta check this out. Mike, check. Mike, check. One, two, one, two. Testing, check. One, two. Check one two. Check one two. What's up? Check check. Check one two. Check one two. What's up? Check check. Hmm. Check one two. Check one two. What's up? Check check. Check one two. 
Microphone check, one, two. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. What it's going to be? What you going to do? Check, one, two, check. One, two. Microphone check, one, two. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. What it's going to be? What you going to do? Check, one, two, check. One, two. Like it, like it. I'll be fine once I get it. I'll be Huh, I thought I posted this crap. There's a picture, I don't know. Tell me what you know about dreams. Hey, man, I didn't expect this. Um, make it long for a short, man. I'm staying on campus on my job here, and me and Sarah came down here to get a meal from the restaurant. I work at a historic hotel that's a full, you know, just has a full five-star hotel, has a nice bar. It's a, it's a real, I guess you could say, a real um, mm-hmm. tourist attraction type deal in this part of Texas. So I'm living here. I work here six days a week, and 
I mean, so I can kind of get something to eat on my, you know, and we were walking out, going back to my room so I could log on, and my boss here said, hey, man, can you watch the front desk? Can you watch the front desk? So we, because we're going through a gas crisis here, our shutter, our, our shuttle has no gas, so he had to take his own car and run these guests somewhere. He said he'd be right back. So I may be, and I'm sorry about this, man. Please forgive me. I'm not trying to be irresponsible here, but I may be a few minutes late.
Abracadabra the Vatican blasphemy. Abracadabra the Vatican blasphemy. I said bees. So downloads. Cut. Recording. Abracadabra, yeah. handle the passive mess. You will never teach, you will never change me a lot. You will never change me a lot. You
what am I looking for? Shut up, dog. Yo. Hey, man, can you hear me? Yeah. How's it going? Good, good. How about it? Good, good, man. You ready, bro? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How you been, dude? I'm all right, man. Working six days a week, doing the tutoring, school, man. Busy. How about yourself? Um, Busy myself, man. Doing the uh, podcast and uh, trying to make money off my music and graphic art and stuff like that. Trying to do that full time now, entrepreneurship. I got fired from my job. Dude, um, how'd that happen? I got I got hurt a couple of years ago, man, and I think they kind of had it out for me. Uh huh. Um, I told them in my deposition, I told them it was the boss's fault of some some uh, negligence on their end. Mm-hmm. And uh, ever since then, he wouldn't look me in the eyes, and it just it was just kind of weird. So they just found a reason to let me go. Um, I think they kind of waited to the statue of limitations was up and stuff and wow. let me go pretty much for no reason yeah did they give you severance pay no no I'm, try, I'm, try, I'm trying to get unemployment so going through that process if they fired you you should be able to get unemployment yeah it's just a couple of weeks in trying to figure out how it works works and i thought we were signed up and then i had to call this other company to answer questions and i didn't know nothing about it until i got something in the mail and just a bunch of crazy stuff that's wild. <laughs> that out. Uh, how, how's it going for you, though, man, as far as your ministry, man, is the needs being met? Yeah, God's meeting needs, man. We're trying to cut back on everything we can uh, to, you know, cut corners and stuff and not, you know, go out to eat as much and stuff like that. But, yeah, man, we're, we're I think we're good. And, shoot, uh, me, shoot, shoot me a link, man, when we're done, because uh, I'll have to get right off here, man, and go work. But I do three days on the day shift, and I do three nights on night audit here. So that's how it works. So right when I get done with you, I got to go to work, which is fine. I still have time on work. Just shoot me a link for his donations, man. I'll shoot you some money. I don't know if it would be much. I'll talk to my wife about it. We'll, we'll get you something your way. Dude. That'd be awesome, man. Definitely. Definitely. We'll do, brother. All right. So, um, yeah, we'll go ahead and get started. So it's going to play an intro. You won't be able to hear the intro. Okay. Um, so it'll be like a minute while it plays, and then I'll come on and give a, a quick uh, spiel and then bring you in. Sure. We'll do that. Post it on all my outlets right now that we're live. Uh, trying to, anyway. Let's see. Just so you know, man, give me, like, think about this or something later. Uh, think about what you would charge, man, for a website. Later on, once I get done with the certification through the life coaching thing, because I may come to you. I like you know how to do all this stuff. I look at it and it's like I can't do this for nothing. <laughs> Shoot me a message later on. I mean, it's not now. We'll focus on this now and just uh, give me a price later on what you can do for a website. Okay. Yeah. Right, I got an auto group poster. I'm about to um, post this out right quick that we're live. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna warm up with coffee, honey. 
How you doing? Congratulations on the wedding. I don't know if I told you. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. I've seen it. <laughs> she said thank you. She's camera shy, man. I'll bring her over here. Hey, Aaron, Aaron's getting out of her shell. She was too, big time. She's getting out of her shell. She's doing videos about essential oils, isn't she? Yeah, she just started oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Saw that. All right, going live. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm your host, True Seeker. We're back with another exciting episode of the True Seeker podcast. I'm excited to talk with you guys tonight. want to let everybody know that the phone lines will be open. If you guys want to call in, we're going to open up the phone lines for prayer and general questions. Any questions that you guys have about the Bible, about spirituality, or if you just need prayer and encouragement, the phone lines are open for that. So the number streaming across the video, and it's in the description as well. Call in. It'll let us know that we have a caller in queue, and we'll bring in calls towards the end of the hour. Um, I'm so excited about tonight. I'm going to talk to a, a guest who's a, um, a friend of mine, near and dear to my heart. First of all, I want to say a huge thank you to everybody who is supporting at patreon.com backslash true seeker. Um, all of you guys who are supporting my work there, you guys get um, unreleased music, extra episodes of the podcast, 
and all kinds of other goodies that we have. We have a, a private Facebook group for the guys who are supporting to kind of uh, come on there and talk about the guests, talk about the shows and suggest guests as well. So that right there is uh, helping huge uh, for me right now. I'm, I'm doing this full time and I couldn't do it without you guys. So what's awesome about it is there's a few people who are doing a lot and you guys mean the world to me and my family who are helping us out month to month. So anything you guys want to do anywhere from a dollar to $5 a month, anything is appreciated. I, I thank you guys so much for uh, what you guys are doing over there uh, at patreon.com backslash true We also have new merch up on the site as well. And so you can uh, get that as well. So tonight's episode, uh, my guest, Anthony Cummins. Who is Anthony Cummins? Um, some of you may know him. If you guys have been, have been in my life for a while, you, you may recognize him. Um, some of you may not. Um, he's not a bigger name. You know, we like to kind of have some of the people with big names and they bring their fan base on and we like to network with bigger names and stuff like that. Right. And I love having the big names on the numbers go crazy. It's all, the numbers are awesome with big names. Well, studying podcasting and giving myself over to podcasting, all the experts tell you, don't do uh, what works for you. Bring people on and give content that will benefit your listeners. So with that in mind, tonight's show is going to be essential. Tonight's show is going to be uh, someone, that, like I said, you probably have never heard of, but you will. You're going to know his name very shortly. Um, as far as studying the scriptures, someone who has given himself over to, to studying the scriptures, he's, he's laid his life down for the cause of Christ. And he has the, 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 the scars to prove it. And he's come out on the other side victorious. He's got an awesome story. And he is an awesome brother uh, in Christ. I'm going to welcome to the podcast, Anthony Cummins. What's going on, my brother? Hey, man. How are you doing? <clears throat> welcome to the show, man. Appreciate you having me, man. It's a privilege to come on the show. It's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a long time. Me and Anthony go back uh, some years. We, um, Anthony... Um, we hooked up on my, during the MySpace days, I think it was, and um, found a common interest in music. And uh, I think early on we were into some of the political stuff. A lot of people who are in the awakening movements, they get in, they come in through Alex Jones and finding out that the government is corrupt and the government doesn't care about you and things like that, right? We come in through those streams. So me and Anthony met through having a common interest in music and the political stuff. So we, we became friends through that. Uh, he, he spent some time living with me. We opened up our home. He, he spent a couple months living with me and we started a band, a group called until shallow comes. Uh, I'll let you talk a little bit about that from, from your perspective, man. Yeah, definitely. That was interesting. Have you ever did a, a acoustic hip hop project before, before we did that? Cause I know you were in hip hop. I can't rap, but I played guitar and I could sing, but have you ever did anything like that before? Or was that unique? That was, that was just the first time, just a vision, and we, we made it happen. Yeah, first time. Yeah, definitely. So I've never did that before. That was actually very interesting. And so uh, me and Derek became close. Um, we've had our differences in the past, but we were both very passionate, man, as far as I, I never took on the name Truth Seeker. I hope Derek, but Derek, could you at least say I had some sort of passion seeking the truth, right? Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we would, man, we met in prayer meetings. We met uh, and we oh, yeah speak the Lord together, man, and uh, through the good, bad, and ugly. Uh, and, you know, it's not one of those things where what I liked about Derek is that um, you can be authentic with him. You know, he knew everybody's got struggles. Everybody's got failures. Everybody has a past. And even in the scriptures, when you look at anybody in the scriptures, 
everybody has some sort of weaknesses or failures, and uh, but God can redeem that, and that's one of those things. That, it's taken a long time, man, because as you're going through the wilderness, as you're going through these things, uh, it doesn't feel good, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I would say, and I don't have, Derek, I'd like to see what you would say on this, but there, there are songs, there are lessons, and there are maturity, uh, steps of maturity you take in characters and so on and so forth that birth out of suffering and struggle and trial. Would you agree with that? A million percent. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I had to learn it the hard way. I told a friend the other day, I said, no matter how much Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic you read, no matter how much you learn of the original languages, no matter, no matter how much scholarship you read, even though there's some amazing scholarship out there, and I would promote a lot of it uh, that's, that's reliable, there are only, for me, man, I can ask them to speak for myself, man, there's only lessons that I learned going through suffering. I wouldn't wish it on nobody, but there are lessons and, and, and character growth that I only learned going through suffering, man. I mean, do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, that's just that's one thing that we've been on a lot lately is the fact of going through these trials and tests, which this is debatable, but I say take heart because they're ordered by the Lord, man. He, I believe he sets them up. He builds character within us. Um, he becomes a father to the fatherless and he teaches us things and he takes us under, under his, his wing to, to teach us how to become men, how to show compassion. And I, I say, I, I tell a lot of people now, I try not to put my mouth on people and speak evil against any man these days because I know how it feels to have whole congregations of people speak evil of you. And I, and we can wallow in that and say, you know what, man, these people don't like me. They don't welcome me, but you know what? So, okay, let me learn from that. Let me welcome those who are the outcast because right. I know how it feels to be an outcast. So in those structures, man, God is teaching us these um, principles that no man can teach you. It's just strictly you and God, man. Definitely. And I think a lot of the songs, at least from my end, uh, came from, Coming up in a broken home. I mean, you saw yeah. that the fatherless song. I mean, over and over again, Derek would be like, "We got to sing that song." I'm like, "All right." Man. <laughs> so, but that song, man, listen, I was going through struggling, moving around. I think I wrote that acoustic song under a tree at midnight, just crying out to God. It, it, listen, I'm nobody special, man. So it's one of those things where I'm like, God, help. <laughs> you know, like I, you know, I couldn't help it. I don't wish bad on my father, but he ran out on me. You know, and how many stories have we heard, Derek? Man, I think we've met both of us. Know several people where they come up in dysfunctional homes. Their, their father wasn't there for them, or maybe their mother ran out, you know, things like that. And when I first came to faith, I think I shared this with you, that the first scripture that I cling to at 13 and 14 years old, so I didn't come up in the Christian home. I didn't come up in the church family, nothing like that, man. My family mocked me for coming to, to the faith and, and the gospel. Um, but it was Psalm 68, 5 and 6, where it says that God, talking about the God of Israel, is a father to the fatherless and a defender of the widows. That meant so much to me that later on in life I got a tattoo of it. Not that it makes me more spiritual, but you know what I'm saying? It's just one of those things where it meant so much that that was a prayer of my life, man, because it's, it's not easy coming up in a broken home because I think there's an attack on fathers. I, I told yeah. a friend of mine here at work the other day. There's a there's a movement for feminists. There's a movement for people who want to commit abor- abortions, right? So if a, if a dad walks out on a child, right, he's a deadbeat dad. But if a woman wants to commit abortion, she's okay. She should celebrate her freedom and her feminism because she can go kill a baby. And now, again, I know that's debatable how people – there's different intentions behind that. But it's, it's really weird, man. Without saying it, it's almost like there's an attack on fatherhood, father figures or manhood. Yeah. Uh, I mean – would you agree or disagree? What's your thoughts on that? I, I, I agree 100%, man. Um, you know, something that was 
um, few and far between back in the day, you know, 20 years ago. Now it's the common, it's the common thing. And I, I discourage my friends who are having a hard time, even with their, with their families, even, um, with their wives and stuff. And I, I just seen it happen time and time again of divorce. And then the, they get to start over. They get to relive childhood again. And the dad gets to walk out and, and I, I, man, because I came from that, I'm passionate a- against it, man. And I try, we try to work with, with couples and, and encourage young couples to stay together and, you know what I'm saying, work through those, those, those problems. And, and, uh, but I, I would say to anybody young who's getting together, make sure that that's the one for you, you know, make sure that, that when you with somebody, make sure it's the person you can't live without, make sure that that's your other half. And that's the person who God has for you. And when you find that person, then it's time to go to war over anything with, 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 you know what I'm saying? With your relationship and, uh, and protect it, man. Cause it's, it's, it's delicate, you know? So I, I encourage young people to, to wait to, you know what I'm saying? To make sure that whoever they're with, cause it, it, even with us, man, early on, it was a trend. Like it was a trend. Me and my wife got married early and then all of our friends started getting married when they were together for a month or two months and like, hold on, wait, 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 we've been together for like, you know, three years before we did this. And, yeah. uh, but it was like a trend and then, and then, you know, they get married for a month and then they get divorced and it's like, there was no sanctity there, man. But marriage is a beautiful covenant. Marriages can't be, be broken. It's, it's a covenant that's sealed in blood between, you know, you and your partner and, uh, before the eyes of God. So in so many, uh, I mean, there, there there is attack on the family and there's attack on the fathers as well. So going back, it happened to me. I'm passionate about it. It happened to you when you was a kid, your father walked out, right? Yes. So going to that a little bit, man, about sure. the things that other kids who have dads, they naturally receive from a father, yeah. affection, love, adoration, you know, things like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. affirmation that you didn't get talk a little bit about that yeah definitely man well for me i grew up in a broken home i grew up in southern mississippi um in a town called loosedale i don't think anybody's ever heard of that or if you have you're from mississippi you know about that it's it's very close to mobile about 30 minutes from mobile alabama and um so for me man i i grew up in a broken home my dad left me when i was a kid and then my mom died when i was 12 years old before she died she remarried to a stepdad and my stepdad was an alcoholic abusive so from the get-go, it was like wild. It was just a wild life. Um, luckily, or you want to call it blessed, whatever you want to put, what word you want to put on there, I had a friend invite me to come to church. And thankfully, it was some sort of cultic Christian movement or something mm-hmm. like that, right? They at least had the foundations correct, and I heard the gospel being preached, and, and I did receive Jesus. And I, it's one of those things, man, where it's not a formula. You know what it is. Like Corinthians 5.17 says, if you're in Christ. You know, you're a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, things become new. And, and that's just not an intellectual thing. That's just not you read it in the Greek or you read it in English and, okay, you believe it intellectually, but you experience the presence of God. You know that you're a new life in Christ. But here's the thing that nobody told me. What nobody told me was just because you're in Christ, just because you are genuinely, you pass from death to life, you pass from darkness to light, you really know the presence of Christ in your life. That doesn't mean that suddenly all your immaturity goes away. Suddenly the abandonment issues go away. That means, oh, man, you're fully mature. You have no insecurities, no fears, no abandonment issues, uh, no bondages, or so on and so forth. Um, I think you would say, what's the word you use, Derek? I think it's spiritual bondages. I've heard Mm -hmm. you speak on this before, but yeah. So 
that happened. And then thank God for people, different families in my life. There were certain elders in the church that took me in. There were certain youth pastors that helped me out. So I'm in debt to people that did help me when I'm looking, when looking back on this, because there were times in my life I'm going, God, you know, I, I'm not forcing this on my family. I'm just trying to be honest with you in the midst of my good, bad, and ugly. What's, what's going on here? You know, so it took a lot of stumbling for me just because, you know, again, just because you experience the presence of God in your life through the gospel does not mean that, they, that you don't have to grow. doesn't mean you have to deal with wounded, past wounds, whatever you want to call it, generational curses, if you want to put it that way. These things have to be dealt with even as a believer. Even as a believer, you have to deal with these things. So I could go into a long, I don't want to take up all your time, but that's sort of the backdrop of where I came from. And now I have a passion toward that. Yeah. One reason now I'm in my life becoming a life coach is because, you know, you can study all the scholarship, which I love doing, and uh, I've invested my life into eight to nine years studying biblical Hebrew, and that's wonderful. Uh, I studied about three or four years going into Koine Greek, New Testament Greek. That's great. Where you can study the Septuagint and New Testament, the original language. That's great. You know, Aramaic, read the portions and so on and so forth of the Old Testament. That's great. I'm not against that. That's great. But those things do not take away spiritual bondages. If you just have an intellectual knowledge of the Bible, which is great, we should study to show ourselves approved, right, and rightly divide the Word of God. Doctrine's essential. Consistent doctrine is essential. But just because you have intellectual, logical, reasonable arguments, which is good for apologetics, it still doesn't take away, it still doesn't a lot of times help if there's spiritual bondage there, if there's wounds there that the Holy Spirit has to heal. Or when I say the Holy Spirit, it can be personal, or he can use right relationships. He, he definitely uses right relationships. And so uh, I could go a lot deeper, but that's sort yeah. of a backdrop. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and it's it's things that if we don't deal with it, it will deal with us. Absolutely. To our deathbed, essentially. And we'll bring it into relationships. Uh, and this is trauma. This is stuff that's happened to us with, you know, as we were, we were ch- uh, a child, like, uh, you know, we, we were talking about it earlier, like uh, my wife's reading this book right now. And one of the examples given is that um, when you were a kid, if your dad was gone out of town to make money, to put food on the table, be, and he wasn't around a lot, he wasn't able to be at birthday parties or show up to ball games or whatever, you may equate being wealthy and making money with time spent away from the family, yeah. right? And that could, that could bring in an ungodly belief to where you are apprehensive to get wealth or for God opening up doors in your life to obtain wealth because you equate it with time away from the family and you do not want it. I was totally there. I thought that's what it would it meant as well. So, I, I mean, that's an example. Um, I, and here's another example for, for my audience. I deal with this all the time, the new age crowd um, who come in and we mention Jesus, they get offended. They get mad. And it's not that Jesus is a bad person or something like that. Jesus is, is the most beautiful person or being who ever existed. So for you to get mad at someone who represents and embodies peace, that's an example of something um, of a trauma or a pastor who spoke ill towards you, um, a family member who was a Christian who gave you this false representation of Jesus. And there's many in the new age circles. When you mention the name of Jesus, they get mad or right. relationship issues. You know, you're in it. You know, the, the examples are, are endless. Uh, 
you know, you get, you get cheated on by your spouse, uh, you know, when you were dating or something. And now every person who comes into your life, you're waiting for them to cheat. I have a friend now who um, his dad was an addict and um, he's now walking in the generational curses of his father and he's walking in the footsteps of his, his father's now healed and delivered and walking in freedom. But now he's walking in those same footsteps of his father and he expects these um he gives himself like oh every 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 six months or so i relapse and he keeps speaking that out you got to deal with that that's not truth that's not that's not the word of god that every six months you're 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 going to relapse and it just happens and you got to fight that no you got to deal with that stuff and so that's what we're talking about about these dealing with these wounds and these traumas that play into our lives years later right it gets scoffed at I've been sit. I've sat in meetings, even in Pentecostal churches, that when when the the term deliverance is is mentioned, and that there's this other thing that takes place after you become a Christian, after you give your life to Christ, most people say, okay, it stops at Cal- Calvary, like that's it. We're at Calvary. Jesus paid it all. We're all good. And it gets scoffed at that we go to deliverance ministry. My life 100% changed when I got filled with the Holy spirit one. And then when I was led through deliverance ministry. That's right. And so I want you to go into a little bit when, cause you, you mentioned it earlier, coming to Christ, but it, it, there was other things that were hanging on. How do we deal with the things, even as Christians, how do we deal with those things through deliverance ministry? Yeah, definitely. Well, I'd say number one, you have to be willing because I've met people. Let me just share with you. I have a, I have a friend here in this part of Texas where I'm at, and we were talking uh, as a coworker. Uh, I won't mention names, but we were talking about struggles and so on and so forth. And I was just asking, you know, probing questions because we have this relationship, not forcing anything. And eventually my friend, my coworker said, you know, I, 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 the belief was this. Because they experienced trauma, because they experienced woundedness, abandonment issues, because guys had used her, the belief was I'm not worthy to have a right relationship. Yeah. And I was like, I said, I said, what would it take for you to deal with that belief? You know, do you believe that? And what would it take to change that belief? Because it's amazing, man. They psychologists or what do you want to call it? Inner healing people. They'll say that the, there's what they call these lie based beliefs that when we have, uh, uh, when we feel pain or abandonment issues or whatever it is, we tend to start believing, okay, okay, we're not worthy. Um, I'm only going to be where I am right now because, and even if I wanted to become better, it's too late. So we speak a lot. I mean, subconsciously, Derek, we speak a lot of lies to ourselves over and over and over in our head. Well, I can't move forward because if I do move forward, you know, what are these people going to think? You know, am I worthy of even moving forward? What's it going to take? I don't have the money to move forward. All these excuses keep us built, and we don't even say them out loud. We just think them. I mean, I did. I mean, seriously, you know, and so. But it really does go back to willingness. Are you willing? Are we willing to deal with these things? And it's not going to be, I mean, I don't want to put God in the box. Okay, I've seen instant delivery where somebody was a part of a gang. They get filled with the Spirit of God. They leave the gang, and their life has changed. doesn't yeah. mean they'll ever have, have, have to go through other things. But most of the time, it's day by day by day. Go, and, and it starts off with, are we willing, number one, to go through that? Yeah. Uh, to, and number two, are we willing to 
let people help us, man. I didn't feel worthy of letting people. I mean, you saw it in my life, man, where I was always, uh, man, I don't have enough money at the moment, or, hey, these people are going to not like me, man. If I don't have the car, if I don't have the house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you heard me go through I that. I did, before. man. Yeah, yeah, we all did. Yeah. Right? So, like, a, and because there's a, it's almost like a subconscious standard, even though I never had a Christian tell me this. Yeah. The subconscious American standard is if I don't have a car, if I don't have a house, if I don't have the PhD behind my name, I'm not worthy of anything in the church. I'm not going to be a speaker. I can't disciple nobody. I can't be a preacher, teacher. I can't. And that's such a lie, man. It's great. Now, listen, me and you both have learned, and you turned me on to Dr. Michael Heiser. I would never have known him without you. I'm thankful for really good, you know, uh, good scholars like that. But the honest truth is, man, Peter wasn't a scholar. If we're going to look at the New Testament, Paul was the scholar. But Peter wasn't the scholar, right? And so there was different people that God used in different areas of, you know, and they all had issues, right? Just because Peter had the spirit of God doesn't mean he opposed the will of God, right? When, when yeah. Jesus is saying, I got to go to the cross and die, and Peter says, it's not going to be. He says, get behind me, Satan. And you can translate as, you know, get behind me because you're opposing the will of God because Satan can simply mean somebody who opposes or yeah. Satan. Either way, however you want to translate that. Yeah. But the whole point is, just because he was a sincere believer of Christ and a follower of Christ does not mean he had other things he had to work through. Yep. And so, but yeah, man, what I, what I would say is like, for me, it took me a long time to feel, I had to get to the bottom. And even at the bottom, sometimes of, the, of your life, you don't feel worthy. It took, man, it just comes, it took getting tired of being at the bottom. Some people say you have to be at the bottom, <laughs> you got to come to the bottom of the barrel. And then it comes to the point where, okay, am I going to live here the rest of my life? And I know. That's <laughs> the weird thing. Or move forward. And so for me, it, it's one of those things where I had to be a willingness. And then number two, I had to admit that even though I knew the presence of God, and even though I know there's grace giftings and functions that we all have by the Spirit of God, there are areas in my life, there are areas in our lives, but I'll speak for me personally, that I can't move forward on my own. And it was natural for me to be a loner because I come up in a broken home. So no matter how, like I said, man, no matter how much original languages, apologetics, or whatever you read, that's great intellectual information to have to defend the faith and maybe share and encourage believers. But there are areas in our life, man, that I'm convinced of it now that we will not move forward without right relationships. We just won't. I mean, that that's for me. I don't know. How, how do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, 100%, man. Um, you know, without the, I mean, I don't, and, and that's where I got out. You're talking about faith in action too, right? Um, I, I quit studying because I've studied so much. I'm, I'm with you because I think me and you, whenever we were together, um, we both tapped into this realm of studying. You went more of the, the um, languages, biblical Hebrew, um, messianic route, and I was there a little bit. And then I went more of into the new age realm, studying there and how it relates back to our faith and the science and everything that we have in common and things like that. And, and we studied that and studying and studying and studying, and whether it's conspiracy theories or what, I found out that I don't, like I've done the studying. Now it's time to put it in action. Right. Like let's, let's don't, and, I, and I'm tired of even sitting down and having debates about what Jesus meant and what, you know, Revelations 12, 9 means for the end times, where are we pre-trib? I don't have those discussions for the most part anymore. I stray away because I see what they do to relationships. Um, right. I have people in my who are in my life who are just, they want to uh, uh, take my doctrine apart to see what we have differently so that they can walk away and say, oh, you believe that. See, Jesus never said that. And they leave or whatever. So I'm 
at the point of where we, I think we should be is not to, to, to wrestle over what Jesus said or what, what it says in the old Testament or whatever the case is, what the scriptures mean and to just simply do what Jesus did. He went out there and showed grace and mercy to those who didn't deserve it. Let's start there. Right. Let's, let's go to the widow and to the orphan and let's tell them that they're not alone. And most of my messages I'm telling people right now is that you're not alone. Right. They're like, Oh my God, the stuff that you're talking about in your music, the stuff on your podcast, I've never talked to anyone about it. And you're the first person I, I heard vocalize what goes on in my head. Guess what I tell them? You're not right. alone. Right. right. We are many. We are many. You're not alone. And just let them know that they are loved and that God loves them and has a plan for them. And to try to disciple them, maybe through a podcast or through something that they don't even know that they're hearing biblical teaching because it's coming through the conversation. So, so simply go out and do the simple works of, of Jesus. Right. And I think we can start there and there's so much that we can have in, in common there. So, but when it goes back, go, going back to the subject matter, to go back to deliverance ministry, why it's important. And first of all, what it is, okay, this is a, this is a spiritual talk show, right? Why are you guys talking about the Bible? Why are you guys talking about trauma and wounds and things like that and getting over past hurts? Because what we say, spirituality 101, the Bible 101 is that demons and fallen angels and spirits, they set up themselves as thought patterns in your mind and as ungodly beliefs. And they get you to think a certain way about yourself, about others, about the church, about Jesus. They want you to think a certain type of way, and you have to deal with them. Throughout the scriptures, the Bible talks, talks about that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but, but against powers and principalities in high places. And it talks about these strongholds. It calls, it calls these demonic principalities strongholds that come in through unright teaching, through, through uh, trauma, through different things like that. And you begin to think that these thoughts or these voices are you. They speak as as they're you that that you're supposed to to judge people that these type of ways. So the scriptures go into a lot of detail about the mind, about the thought patterns of man, right. and how to deal with it. Um, so going back to to where you were, Anthony, um, what happened when you went into these private sessions to talk about and to, to vocalize first of all to confess it like the scripture says to confess these things you may not even told anybody and w what happened when you did that man yeah definitely man i think i told you about this so hopefully these guys get a kick out of they're watching this remember i told you i think the first counseling session i had or inner healing session whatever you want to call it because i was a believer and uh to give a little backstop backdrop i had moved around a lot again um, never lost my faith in Jesus. I think the hardest hurdle in my life was to get over church hurt, Christians, you know what I mean? That's, <laughs> They're the worst ones, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, but in my first session, man, you know, they always say, okay, where are you at? You know, what, you know, like, you know, where are you at right now? What are you feeling? What's going on? And I, I tell you, man, my first, ex I've told you people this, but I'll make it live. It is what it is. My first session, I said, the church don't give an SHIT. And I said, the world don't give an SHIT. I think I shared that with you. Yeah. I said, you know, I said, because basically I said, I was so angry. Again, not angry at Jesus because Jesus didn't fail me. It was either myself failing myself or yeah. it was other people that I looked up to and maybe had an unrealistic expectation. Yeah. I had an unrealistic expectation. So, so what it took was little by little going back to the root issues 
you know, I've heard other people, Derek, just like certain people are cessationists. They said, oh, the spiritual gifts are done away with, or they'll say, oh, we're no longer casting out demons. I'm sitting here going, where'd the demons go, man? I mean, where's the <laughs> that they just disappeared? I mean, does it say that Jesus died on the cross and every principality just went underground or something? Come on, where do they get this stuff from? Or, the, or, or they'll say, well, the, you know, like the, the spiritual gifts are done away. I, I always joke with people and say, well, look, I guess John in the island of Patmos, when he's writing his revelation down in Greek, and you, can you imagine the apostles, Derek, if you were living in that day, they're casting out demons, they're prophesying, they're doing everything that the book of Acts says. And John finishes the last Greek letter of Revelation, and the canon's closed, right, quote, unquote. And as soon as he writes the last Greek letter, everything disappears. Oh, the apostles are like, we can't cast out demons anymore. The gifts are done away with. The canons, that sounds so ridiculous to me. And I hope I'm not offending people, my Calvinistic brothers, but that's how ridiculous that sounds to me. When it says, oh, as soon as the canon closed... The, the gifts of the Spirit are done away with, no more casting out demons, you know, this, that, and I'm sitting here going, this is, if that's the case, there's no reason for unbelievers to come to Jesus because there's no evidence that Jesus has risen from the dead outside of your intellectual scholarship. They need to see power, right? So if you don't have prophetic giftings, if you don't have, if you can't cast out demons, if you can't do the things that Jesus did, if we yeah. can't do those things, we're powerless. Yeah. Why does a church, why does a, a dying world look on us and say, well, you've got great scholarship, you've got great intellectualism, you've got great arguments, but where's the power of Jesus in your life? You know, a lot of people, so anyway, in, my, in the sessions I was in, man, it took me being willing, because at, at first, to be all honest, I was fearful, man. I didn't, you know, I'm going to be honest, are these guys going to judge me? Are these guys going to look down on me because I'm wounded? Uh, so on and so forth, but they didn't. And over time, dude, it took time to allow the Holy Spirit, and here's one thing I'll say. Because I don't want people to think I'm weird, but I'm going to be honest. The mind is spiritual. Again, if you were to cut my head open, if I die, you can pull out the brain, but you can't pull out the mind. The mind is spiritual. It's completely spiritual. And the scriptures talk about that, having the mind of Christ. How do you have the mind of Christ? It didn't say have the brain of Christ. And no, it, didn't, it didn't say have the, the, the organic heart, even though the heart is a euphemism of the thoughts. You know what I'm saying? But it's one of those yep. things where... Um, it's, it's spiritual, man. So, again, it's almost unwrapping layer after layer of lie-based belief mm-hmm. and walking through that healing pattern, man, because – and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you because, yeah. again, subconsciously, man, the bills don't stop coming. Subconsciously, the pain doesn't stop. So we, have, we learn to suppress it and, and, and hey – whether the pain's there or not, I got to keep going to my job. I got to keep paying the bills. I got to keep providing for the family. So a lot of times, if we don't take time to have a healthy atmosphere, healthy, authentic relationships, if we don't have healthy people to go to to walk this out, a lot of times we we get secluded and we don't deal with this. So it took time. So with me, I was introduced to one of my godparents to a couple counselors, and it took. Uh, I went through two years of inner healing counseling. Counseling. Now some people would disagree with the name. Excuse me. Um, it's called theophostics. You know, I'm not saying I agree with everything in it, but it did have foundational, biblical, consistent truths where you walk and you ask the Holy Spirit, show me what, show me the lie-based belief that I believe. Why am I believing this about myself? Yeah. And you're not crying out to other spirits. You're not saying any spirit show. No, of course not. <laughs> Father, in Jesus' name, show me. You know me better than I know myself. Like David yeah. said, you know me better than I know myself. Yep. It's just a lot of times I suppress or I'm scared to look at those parts of my life because they bring shame. They bring fear. They bring a lot of, uh, maybe a lot of a pain. I've, 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 I've for years suppressed and I don't want to feel that pain anymore. So, but again, 
if we do not deal with those areas, if we don't walk out healing, we can only give what we, you know, we, we can only give what we receive ourselves. Amen. I say that all the time. Does, does that make sense? So oh, it, yeah. it, it took time in unraveling the, the layers, layer after layer of lie-based belief, and then praying for the Holy Spirit to fill and then praying for the Holy Spirit to give me understanding and revelation. Like, okay, why did this happen to me? Like when my dad abused me or my stepdad abused me. You know, it, in those sessions, the whole, they didn't have to tell me. The Holy Spirit showed me why my dad did those things. You know, one of those things, my stepdad hit me one time when I was really young. You know, he was drunk. I didn't want to forgive him. But once I walked through forgiving him, you know, they said, what's the Holy Spirit speaking to you? And, and that's another thing, Derek. How many of us are, are ever taught how to hear the Holy Spirit or how to recognize the Holy Spirit? Oh, yeah. if, you're, if your church teaches you that the Holy Spirit is no longer speaking or he only speaks through the ink and the Bible, which is great because we always have to test everything. We always have to test everything, whether it's visions, dreams, prophecy, whatever it is, a still small voice. You always have to test that by the scriptures contextually and consistently. I'm all for that. Derek, you know that. On the other hand, does the Holy Spirit only speak through the ink on a page? Can he use vision? Can he speak to your mind? Can he speak through dreams? Absolutely he can. Can he speak to another brother who has different spiritual gifts than you do or another sister? Absolutely he can. So it's one of those things where... In those sessions, I was taught, this is how the Holy Spirit speaks. He, of course, he reminds you of what Jesus said. Yeah. He, gave, he gave prophetic words. He, he uses other people to speak things into your life that are, that are God-fearing people. Um, so, yeah, these things help me understand that, 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 that the Holy Spirit is active. It's not just an intellectual thing that he's really wanting to speak. And he is speaking to us. A lot of times, we don't know how to recognize him. I mean, do you, would you relate with that when you hear about people talking? Because people hear Holy Spirit, they hear God's Spirit, and, and so on and so forth. They think of speaking in tongues or a Pentecostal church, which, okay, that's great. But I'm talking about uh, very few people I've come across, Derek, can tell me, okay, I, this is how I know what the Scripture teaches and what I've experienced about God speaking to me. Here's how it is. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, he, remind, he puts thoughts in my head. Sometimes I have dreams. Sometimes there's visions. Sometimes it's through a prophetic word. Sometimes it's through whatever it may be, um, a lot of people don't, they hear it, and see, certain believers even believe it, but they don't know how to even recognize it in a, what's the word I'm thinking, a practical way. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think it's, um, it is very important. So what I deal with a lot of times, I believe that um, God gives us these giftings, God gives us these these abilities and stuff, and a lot of times I think we're born with it. I think we're born more um, apt to the spirit or able to discern spirits as a kid, and you bring a baby into a room and a baby is scared of a person because they can feel things on them, right? Stuff like that. So I believe that we all have these different abilities and giftings, which are given by God. And it's, it, but to use them, we have to be taught of the Lord of, of how to communicate with him, how to sense his presence and everything. And so we, ha I have a lot of people who uh, come into this, who are having these experiences and they don't know how to, they don't know what it is. They don't even know that it's a thing. They walk into a large group of people and they automatically can tell what these people are thinking. This is biblical. Sure. Jesus did this. And so these are teenagers. Most, most of the people in the Bible were teenagers who were used of God, young men. And th these people go into a large room and they can feel what these people are thinking, what these people are doing. They know the thoughts of their hearts. And that's overwhelming when you're a kid. So what happens a lot of times they have, they, they need to talk to a counselor. They need to they talk to their parents or they lash out. They don't know what's going on. It's scary. That's why I believe, man, that when the scripture says that the spirit of the prophets 
are subject unto the prophets. I believe that it is up for the, the older prophets for us to come in and tell these people what's going on to say, hey, look, when you get those urges and this isn't a diss, everybody has their own parts in the body, but a pastor may not know what it's like to wake up and see a spirit on your ceiling in the middle of the night right. with a message from God. That's biblical. Job had it. Uh, uh, smoke spirits and angels and when this is happening to kids and then so this is my big thing where my heart is and i'm given to it because if the church can't tell you what's going on you know who will the new agers they would love to tell you what those things are so it's our responsibility and that if we deny that we're denying a piece of jesus and that's what was was taught to me and so understanding you, and, and so it's like a, you have to have a clear uh, pathway open to receive from the Lord. So you're not trying to let it come through the hurt and minister out of hurt. Right. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? So we have to deal with that hurt. Anybody, if you're walking in the spirit, if you're tapped into the spiritual giftings, you have to get deliverance. Each and every single one of you guys, you have to let the Holy Spirit search your heart and take out all the all the offense that's one thing Jesus dealt with, the offenses, man, being offended by, by the words of others and, and, and it, it changing you, man. And um, so that's why the, the, in, in Corinthians, uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians 14, is first or yes, second, yes, yeah. and it talks about the spiritual gifts, and it says that you may all prophesy. And, right. and no, nobody likes this translation, but there, there's a translation that says to, um, to uh, earnestly desire and there's another translation that says jealously lust after the spiritual spiritual gifts to desire them with all of your heart to want to move in those, those areas. So they are 100% for today. God didn't stop them. And, and so that's, that's my heart. That's why I'm here is to say, okay, this is what's going on and this is how we deal with it. But the role of getting healing in your own life. So you're not ministering out of hurt. There's so many people out there now they're on the radio, they're on TV, they're at your local church down on the, on the corner and they're ministering out of hurt and offense. And uh, they don't feel worthy of of a certain thing or they, or they don't like gay people. So therefore God don't like gay people or they don't like witches and warlocks. So God don't like witches and warlocks. And so they minister out of their own desires of their own hearts and what they, they feel. And it's very dangerous, man. But, when you deal with that stuff, man, the spirit of God just begins to flow through you and use you in ways and wonders that you ne- that you would have never imagined. And it flows uh, freely from the throne of grace. And that's where we need to be. Absolutely. That's where we need to be. I want to share something, man, because I don't want people thinking that we have, uh, <clears throat> you know, that, that, uh, that, you know, we have it all figured out. I mean, the thing is, there's foundations. Like I always tell my friends, we major on the majors and minor on the minors. Because even in the list of believers, there's people that have, you know, uh, they'll, they'll debate back and forth on certain things. So I just say, listen, let's major on the majors and minor on the minor situation. Yeah. I'll give you something, man. I just came back from Mexico six months ago and uh, with my wife. And we're working through her progress, you know, her immigration progress right now. And we mainly came back from Mexico to the States uh, to try to restore things with my father. Now, my father, I'm 36 years old. My father left me when I was a baby. And so over time, uh, through one of his sisters, we got back in touch with me three years ago. And so he invited me and my wife, you know, I said, Hey, you want to come back to the States and so on and so forth? You know, if you want to come back here, I said, sure. So we've been here six months and it's one of those things where, um, I'm thankful on one hand that he's doing what he knows to do. 
on the other hand, because he himself has not had healing from his past, he's been abused in his past. Because he hasn't had healing from his past, my wife could attest to this. She's over there right now. She's camera shy. But she could attest to this. Because he don't have healing and because he's where he's at in his life right now, he does not know how to still love me as a son. Like when he gets, he, he still, it's one of those things, I'm not gossiping, we all have our issues, okay? Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things where he will stay up to 3 or 4 a.m. in the morning drinking. And then and then gardening at, at 3 or 4 a.m., it's just kind of odd, right? But And then he'll go to work faithfully, but that's just, that's his pattern. And so the only way, I asked him, I said, hey, man, can we go get some coffee one day, just kind of sit down and catch up? And he didn't want to. I mean, yeah. he's, he's not mean, yeah. but he did not want to get personal because I don't, I mean, I don't know for sure, but what I sensed was a lot of shame, a lot of hurt, uh, but he's buried it. With, you know, he used to be a heavy drug user, now he's drinking a lot. So my heart goes out to him. So they're on my carnal end, Derek, I didn't want to forgive him. We went through a lot of stuff where I even got yeah. called accused on certain things. And on the other end, it's like this. I kept getting reminded, again, in my, in my thoughts, okay, nothing crazy, but in my thoughts, that Psalm 24 says, you know, that God seeks those who have a pure heart and clean hands. Like, Worship is not music at first. Worship is having a pure heart and clean hands. If, you know, nobody can come to the Father except having a pure heart and clean hands. You've got to come. That Your lifestyle is an act of worship. Yeah. And so forget even operating in the spiritual gifts. Forget teaching right doctrine. Forget teaching that stuff or walking in that stuff. Man, if you don't have a pure heart and clean hands to begin with, because God's not going to honor the other stuff if that's not beginning. So it's one of those things where God kept reminding me. The Holy Spirit kept bringing to my thoughts. You've got to forgive him even if he's not willing to move forward with you in a relationship right now. And that, dude, that's hard. It's one of those things where it's almost like when we're victimized, we become, the, you know, we, we feel like, okay, now we're the ones being, you know, poor me. But at the same time, the question is this, how much is it going to cost us to remain in that mindset? Oh, poor me. I deserve this. Oh, poor me. I'm, I, I'm the victim here because, because they, I can always point a finger to somebody else who didn't do something for me. I can always point the blame to somebody else. The question is, how much is it going to cost us to keep doing that? Because the more we blame other people, the more we are not moving forward. We're not moving forward in healing. We're not moving forward in healthy relationships. And misery loves company. So we will only be around those people who justify our victimized attitude. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I know that's strong words. I hope people's not getting offended. I'm just being honest. Oh, yeah. Like attracts like, man. You know that. <laughs> like attracts like. And sometimes we just want those people around us who will uh, almost um, reinforce our belief system, no matter how faulty it is, right? Just so right. To, to know that we don't feel condemnation or feel that we're wrong. Let me ask you this, man. Um, has your dad heard you tell him that you forgive him for all that? you know, walking out and stuff? Have y'all had that heart-to-heart? Absolutely. uh, My wife heard me say that several times to him. I said, man, I'm not here to hold anything against you. Because his big thing was he was really nervous about how I was going to react when I came back. Yeah. And I told him several times, I said, I'm not here to hold anything over you. Does my flesh, does my soulish realm want to? Of course. Of course. But what's that going to do? What's it going to do? Really, if he's at the point in his life where he can't even hardly move forward, he's barely keeping a job, living week to week, you know what I mean? How is that going to help him to bring more guilt on top of that? It's yeah. not going to do. So it's one of those things where I, I, I came here, and, I, and, and the honest intention was, I don't want to hold this over you. At the same time, man, even though Jesus did say, you know, and I'm still a work in progress over this, bless those who curse you, forgive those who do you wrong. I can quote that. God, give me the grace to keep walking it out, because it's not always easy to walk out. 
I've never seen in the scriptures where, where Jesus said, trust those no matter what. Oh, yeah. You know, so now we yeah. ought to trust the Lord. So listen, I love my dad. There is, honestly, being honest here, I wish I had this fabulous testimony that everything's restored. Some of what, some is restored, but at the same time, there's still a lack of trust because uh, he told me like about a month ago that his vehicle means more than I do as a son and that his drinking means more than I do. That just shows me. Now, again, in the flesh, I could get super offended over that. Yeah. But if I take it to prayer, it just shows me because he's not willing to deal with the deeper wounds in his life, the deeper shame in his life. That leads. Yeah. There's always, man, listen, we all got vices. Okay, there's always an issue behind the vice. Does that make sense? Yeah. If somebody's addicted to drinking, a yeah. lot of times it's not be, they may acquire the taste and they may enjoy beer but if, and whatever, but if they're addicted to it so much they're trying to get out of reality, it's always something behind that vice that's causing that vice. Does that make yeah. sense? Drug right. addiction, pornography, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. there's always an issue behind it. So the, the vice itself is not the issue, it's what's behind it that's causing yeah. it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Totally. Um, dealing with your dad, it's obvious to me to, you know what I'm saying? To be able to discern it. I'm sure it's obvious to you though. You represent something that he can't, um, he can't turn back time. He can't undo it. He can't restore 35 years and be a father. So you, when he sees you, you, you represent that you've done your part as far as releasing him from it and even letting him know that he's released from it. And you hold no regrets, no, it, you know what I'm saying? Ill will towards him. You love him as a, as a father, regardless of, of what he did. So you did your part. And that's the, I believe that's the first step for him walking in his healing and his victory. Um, but that's one thing that we can't, we can't turn back. We can't change It's time. And, right. um, and there's, there's things, um, that that we do in words that we say that we can't take back and i don't think he meant that though anthony about the car i think that you know the truck or whatever i don't think he meant that one bit that was just him trying to cope with it and then deal with it um what what you, you remind him of and that's a good thing because he has to deal with it it's good but right. w- w- what's what's there now with di- what didn't exist is a relationship May not be the best one yet, but it's there. It's a relationship, sure, sure. man. So God, God is working on that. That's awesome to hear, man. That's, sure, that's sure. 100%. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no ill will. Like I said, I mean, yeah. the honest truth is there's, there's trust issues there, but there's no ill will. Me and my wife, I said, we don't wish bad on them at all. Uh, we think, we're thankful that we had the time to spend time with him. And, you know, he's got my phone number now, and, I, you know, I know where he works. We actually work at the same place in different departments. So it's one of those things where – over time, maybe maybe something will work out. We're just I'm praying for him in the same grace that I need. But at the yeah. same time, just like anybody, nobody's a superhero being a believer in Jesus. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't care if they have PhD behind their name or have loads of money or not. Nobody's a superhero. There's always going to be that, like what Proverbs talks about: guard your heart, right? So it's one of those yeah. things you can love somebody, but you got to guard your heart. So that's kind of where my where I'm at, and we just keep praying for him, man. Because like mm-hmm. I said, I don't want to pray for somebody in a way that or an intention. That I, that I don't need myself. I always say, God, help me pray for somebody in the same measure of grace and truth that I continually need daily myself. Because yeah. I need grace every day, man. So, but yeah, it's, it's interesting, man. And, but the whole point is, how does somebody move forward as a disciple of Christ? Or even if you're not a believer in Jesus, how do you move forward in maturity? Say you want to do something, and, and yet you hold on to pain, you hold on to trauma, you yeah. hold on to... I justify this pain. I, or I justify blaming other people. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there. I've been Indeed. there. Man. I've yeah. been there. The problem is you can live that out. Listen, there's no, here's the other thing. Some people may say, well, I just don't feel the freedom 
to, to vent this out because if I vent it out, people's going to just say I'm a victim and, and they're going to condemn me. I think there's a time, man, and maybe you can speak on this if you want to, Derek. There's a time where we need to get the pain out. Yeah. It's okay to vent. It's okay to yeah. it. It's okay to say I don't have it all together sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes a lot of people are scared to do that because they're like, I've got to be the tough Christian. Man, I've got to yeah. be the Absolutely. <laughs> I could, I, man, no, I could admit so, to that, brother. So, so listen, though, but, but, but at the same time, what did Paul do? I mean, you see where at times he had weaknesses and sometimes he had strength, man, and he would, he would call the Barnabas. Like him and Barnabas got in an argument and in, in Acts, but when Paul's in prison, who does he call? He calls Barnabas because Barnabas, Barnabas is more of a pastoral. You know, so there's people with different graced giftings and functions in their life, and we need one another. So it's one of those things where I think the scriptures say this, to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep yeah. with those who weep. And it's not always easy. It's real easy to say, oh, God bless Jesus, and Jesus died for me, and that's great, and I believe in him. But really, dude, uh, going through those when people's weeping, do we really want to weep with them? Now, again, I'm not saying wallow with them and justify them and enable their bad habits. I'm not saying yeah. that. But like Job's friend, they sat there silent with him for when he lost everything. Yeah. Because what can you say to somebody like that? If you had a friend that just suddenly had a car wreck and the, his wife died, are you going to yeah. say, Romans 8, 28, God works all things out? <laughs> no, man. Listen, that's true. Some people no, will, man. <laughs> but, 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 but no, you go over to his house and say, man, I'm sorry. What can, I, can I just sit with you? You know what I'm saying? What yeah. can I do? That's all. Hey. And then over time, you can say, okay, since you are a believer, and I know this is a hard time, man. We're here. We're just, what, anything we can do for you, know, and you want me just to sit silent and shut up? Yeah. I will. You know what I'm saying? Then over time you can say, look, man, let's look back. God does work things, all things for those who love Christ, you know. And, and But you just don't just fire that off in the beginning when somebody's going through a tr- traumatic moment when they lost yes. their lives, you know what I mean? So it, it just takes time, man. I don't yeah. – the balance there because I'm trying to find in life and I don't always have it. But the balance is I want to – I want – to let people vent as I've, as people have let me vent out pain and anger that I needed to get out, that I didn't need to suffer. But at the same time, I'm like, God, help me have discernment as other people in my life had discernment toward me, not to enable staying there. Okay. So we get, we get the pain out. We get the hurt out. Okay. What's the practical, healthy, accountable step toward moving forward and getting over that? Yeah. Some people don't want to move forward, man. Some people yeah. do. Some people don't. And it's, like it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. But what do you do with somebody who doesn't move forward? You still love and pray for them, but you got to move forward with those who do want to move forward. And that, that's, a, that's a hard thing sometimes, you know? What you were speaking on a while ago about um, when you really want it, you know, no, you know what I'm saying? Nobody can stop you, but you have to confess it. And, and the scriptures are clear many times about the power of spoken word, about releasing people about just confessing your sins one to another so that you may be healed. There's a story that, that you used to always tell me about a church service that you went to about a young man who wanted freedom. And yeah. he was, he was okay with being laughed at, but tell, tell that story about this young man who wanted freedom. Oh dude, that's awesome. I, I have to, uh, I have to tag Josh into this. I moved to Illinois and I was actually helping with music with this church and there were these members of a gang, a local gang that was they were called the Lynch Mob, and they were serious. Uh, these guys were pretty feared by a lot of people. Make a long story short, they heard the gospel and came to Jesus. And one of them, his name was Josh, and so an evangelist came in to speak. And so we had three sections of the church, about 300 people in three different sections. There was a youth section, <laughs> and so we were sitting in the youth section, and 
Josh played music as well. So he was sitting right next to me. You had the, the teenage girls, teenage guys, you know, 18, 20, 15 year olds, whatever. And so the evangelist gets up and says, okay, on the count of three, we're going to, we're going to yell out our bondage, our spiritual bondage here. We're going to believe Jesus to break that bondage. Now, again, I don't see that scriptural. I mean, if you want to buy, confess by faith, that's fine, but I, I, I don't want to say <laughs> But anyway, my friend, but, Josh, my friend yeah. Josh next to me said, you know, he said, masturbation, you know, and, and so he was dealing with porn addiction as yeah. a believer. And a lot of people would look at that and go, how dare you? How can you be a Christian? And people it? laughed about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm sitting here going, look, guys, look, show me one person outside of Jesus who did not have weaknesses. Now, I'm not trying to justify sin, but show me one person that did not deal with some, some sort of human aspect of weakness in their life. You know, it's a lot of times there's this perspective, there's this presupposition, there's this premise that if you're a Christian, you can't struggle at all. <laughs> you're going, who put that up there? Yeah. That's yeah. not the apostles and even the Hebrew prophets didn't live that way. Now, again, they, they learned to move forward. They had, and here's the key thing, they had right relationships, they had right accountability. Of course, the Lord spoke to them, but they wasn't in a vacuum. They needed other people. They're human, man. They're human with the Spirit of God. So it's like, I, I don't. I just don't like being around Christians or people who assume that, oh, if you're a Christian, you can't have any kind of wounds, any kind of insecurity, any kind of deliverance you need. Hey, if you ain't got it all figured out, man, then I'm sitting here going, you have a standard that even the New Testament apostles didn't live up to because they had weaknesses they had to deal with. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things where it begins, like you said, James chapter 5, verse 16, confess your sins or confess your faults to one another that you may find healing. You know, and then your prayer, what does it say? And then your prayer will be powerful. You know what I'm saying? Then it will be um, effectual. Yeah. But it's not effectual if we're hiding sin. If we come, if me, you, and Derek, Derek, we used to have prayer meetings at Derek's house. If we were to come together and have a prayer meeting and there's secret sin going on, do you think God's going to inhabit that place? Do you think the Holy Spirit's going to honor? No. Because yeah. God cares about pure hearts and clean hands first and foremost. I remember one time, Derek, I'll say this and shut up. Uh, listen, you know that line in, that, uh, in the Project 86 song? I think it's uh, Little Green Men, a Truth of Heroes album, yeah. where, where Andrew Schwab says, uh, you can, you know, we can, um, I forget what he said, something like you can, uh, something like you can sing songs until your throat bleeds or something like that, and, and, and so on and so forth. He goes, let's all sing, sing a song of love, sing, sing, sing until our throats bleed. You know, and he's, he's kind of like making a, an exaggerated yeah. point that just because you sing songs doesn't mean that there's not a spiritual war going on, doesn't mean that people ain't, ain't got issues to work with, you know. And so I remember I was in one time, I had a guy uh, that was having this youth event, and I came in to do some music, and it was just me on acoustic guitar, and, and it was a youth event, and I sung three songs, and, and again, I just felt this conviction, you know, to say this. So in front of these youth, I said, listen, guys, I say this in all love, but I can say it, but you can sing songs about Jesus to your throat, please. If you've got hidden sin in your life, if you've got hidden sin in your life, if you don't have pure hearts and clean hands, if you've got a fence towards somebody right now, but you're raising your hand saying, oh, I love Jesus. You're, it's like you're no better than Isaiah chapter 1, where Isaiah rebuked the Israelites who were going through the religious motions. Oh, we keep the Sabbath day. Oh, we're doing burnt offerings. Oh, we're doing this. We're singing songs to Yahweh. And Isaiah says, what does God say? He says, I, my soul hates what you're doing mm-hmm. because you have a religious appearance. You've got this religious system going on, but your hearts are not clean. Your hands yeah. are not clean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you have this whole persona of a religious system that doesn't have the spirit of God with it, doesn't have the favor of God with it, but you're going on through the, like, like, like Jesus in Laodicea. 
Oh, we have no need of anything. We've got our whole church service going on. We've got everything we need. And Jesus says, you're poor, wretched, and naked. He says, you don't even know how poor you are because you've got your whole system going on naturalistically in the flesh. But you don't even realize the Spirit of God's not with you. Yeah. Holy Spirit, the presence of God is not even with you. So, again, pure worship, man, begins with having a pure heart and clean hands. Yeah. And then you can sing songs. And then you can minister. Then you can do these things. If not, the spiritual gifts don't mean anything. It begins with walking with him with a clean conscience, right? I mean, what are your thoughts? <laughs> you know I agree. <laughs> I agree a million percent, man. Um, but I will say that for us or anybody who's been a part of a church service or, or just a Bible study group, man, because we have the most powerful times of just meeting with a small group of people. And when we begin to confess sin, um, to one another and before God, uh, change happens for one right, man. I, and I'll, I'll, there was times because I've, I've studied so much, man. And I've been in a part of cults and weird friends groups of the Hebrew Israelites and learned a lot of good stuff there, but there was some stuff that, that creeped in that messed up the way I viewed Christians that I viewed people. And, uh, and I, and I, I was like, okay, man, I, I reached this point that I'll never be able to to forget these thoughts or to get these thoughts out of my head, the way I see people and it messed me up and I knew it did. Right. And, um, and so I got before some brothers and, uh, and, and you know what I'm saying? During prayer and worship, just a couple guys. And I confessed it. I said, Hey, y'all I want y'all to pray for me. This is what's going on. Um, you know, I, I need help and I want to confess it and get rid of it. And I confessed it to them with tears. I sought the Lord and instantly, that spirit, which we talked about earlier, these spirits are thought forms and patterns that are ungodly beliefs about yourself, about life, about God, whatever, the Bible, the Bible's fake, uh, whatever the case is. Like these thoughts, no, that's not true. The, you know what I'm saying? These different thought forms that you have that aren't of God, and they change the way that you view people and you experience life. So I dealt with that dude and instantly, man. That spirit left me. I felt the release from heaven and that right. spirit left and those thoughts left me and I was clear minded and clear headed again. And it was so beautiful. And I've had, I've had, I have to do that a lot. I have to do that. I've had to do it a lot anyway, yeah. um, where I would get before brother say, Hey man, I'm dealing with this. Please help me. Let's pray. Let's confess it. And when we do that, see, Essentially, right now, that is symbolic of, in the Old Testament, bringing something to the altar and laying it down before God and giving it up and saying, okay, God, this is mine. I've been cultivating this. Um, I want to give it to you. Will you take it from me? Lay it down on the altar. He consumes it with fire as a burnt offering, and it's worship to him. So that's our idolatry, our ungodly beliefs, anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Lay it down at the feet of King Jesus. If you want to, if you want to experience freedom, trust me, do it. It's so beautiful, and um, he he answers with fire, and his fire is his presence. That's our inheritance, his presence that helps us get through life, and uh, it's the quickening of the Holy Spirit. When I got born again, and and I was always lonely, man, and I was suicidal and felt alone, bro. And uh, when I got born again, and the Holy Spirit came, I've never felt like I was by myself ever again. That still small voice speaks to me. Jesus said that my sheep hear my voice and a stranger's voice, they will not follow. So Amen. we learn his voice and he guides us through the wilderness. He guides us up through the valleys and even on top of the mountains. And he takes us places that we could never go if we tried to get there on our own. 
but following him in this beautiful dance, man, which is done with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, man. It's so good, man. Absolutely. I, I, I told some of my friends you know, that have different beliefs, like they say the gifts are done away with or something like that. And I'll yeah. say, you know, listen, or once saved, always saved people. I'm sitting here yeah. going, look, the apostles wouldn't have written most of their letters if there wasn't issues in, in the believing community. They always dealt with issues. Yeah. Right? Now, they always say, we love you, we come to you in the name of the grace yeah. of the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, and so forth, but never, you know, they always deal with things. And there were warnings to believers. A lot of times believers are like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with Jesus right now. You know, nothing is going to take his the salvation. True, nothing can take away his finished work, yeah. but we can choose to walk away. We can choose. Mm-hmm. To, remember the parable of the sower, man, I think there's four different grounds, right? One of those people that received the gospel, they received it with joy, but when persecution and trial came, yeah. they walked away from it because they didn't come yeah. Of it, right? Yeah. And so there are going, Jesus promised tribulations for the believers. You know, that doesn't mean it's always going to all be tribulation, but it mm-hmm. does mean there is going to be tribulation. Paul said yep. all who live godly lives in yep. the of Jesus, in Christ Jesus, will suffer some sort of persecution. God only knows the level of that, you know. And Jesus even said, if we don't love him more than our father, mother, sister, brother, stepbrother, stepsister, our spouse, and even our own children, we're not worthy of being his disciple. That doesn't mean I don't lay my life down for my wife. But if my wife ever told me to renounce the gospel, I'd be like, I love you, hon, but no. No. <laughs> you know what? I think I think that's the spirit, the spirit that you spoke on that, because there's some people in the chat room right now talking about that same scripture. Oh, yeah, that's the spirit. Yeah, man. That's how it works, man. I can't, yeah, I, can't see the, I can't see the chat room, but it's, uh, it's pretty good, man. But it, Dude, it's interesting, guys. If I could say anything, there is, is this, is that, Sometimes, listen, God can heal miraculously. Listen, man, Jesus said, you know, and he told the, the Jews he was talking to in a certain context, if you being evil know how to give your children good things, right? You, you know, if it comes up to you asking for a fish, you won't give them a stone, right? Or you're not going to give them a serpent. He said, but those who ask the Father for the Holy Spirit, he'll give it to you. You know what I'm saying? And, that, and listen, there are places in the New Testament where, you, okay, you're born again, you're a new creation in Christ, but then there's a subsequent filling, and you see it in the, you know, like there's scriptures in Ephesians when you look in the original language, be being filled, continue mm-hmm. to be being yeah. filled. Yep. Um, I'm guilty of getting lazy at times in my past, getting, you know, letting this stuff get the best of me, but it's true. It's like, one of, it's not so much a, um, I don't want to make it mystical, even though it is a mystery, <laughs> but it's like, God, I need your filling again. Not yeah. that I've ever lost you, but I need the presence yeah. of the power of the Holy Spirit because I, the man, the flesh temptation is always there. And, yeah. and so we need him, but again, right relationships are so crucial. Man, I cannot get off this so much because for me, like you, Derek, I isolated myself, and I, 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 I don't know, man. It was just easy for me to be a loner. I learned to be alone from a young age because of, of a dysfunctional home I came in, and yet you saw it, man, in my life. You saw it when I was always like, man, I need a fatherly affirmation. Why can't you know? And that, and, and you saw me struggle with that, you know, when I was, you know, it's been a few years now, but. And so there is something about a fatherly affirmation. There's something about a healthy community of believers where you have a right relationship. And I'm not talking about shallow stuff. But I'm talking about people that you can open up to and they open up to you. I told a, I told a recent pastor one time, I said, listen, I said, the, I said, the problem is not that you're not maybe teaching sound doctrine. I can see that. The problem isn't that, you know, that you're not doing good things to serve the community. I said, a lot of times people don't think they can get to where you are because you never share about struggles, man. I said, I said, my generation and the one under me want to see, they want to see authenticity in the gospel, yeah. of course, but they want to know that you're human, man. They, you know, what if they can't get a million dollars or a house or car? What if they can only have the basics, but they know that 
they, they want to know that you struggle sometimes. They want to know that you went through some kind of breakdown. Where is your humanity? Because if you always come off like you got everything figured out when you know you don't, you know you don't, you know, then, then it's hard to trust somebody who thinks they're, 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 they're untouchable. You know, and, and Jesus even said, Father, take this cup from me, but nevertheless your will be done. He fully understood our temptations. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16 said that he was tempted in all ways like we are. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that Jesus was tempted to masturbate or cheat or have sex with another woman? That Some people right now are looking at me like, you're, you're blaspheming Jesus. Yeah. I'm not, man. Listen, if he fully, was fully man and fully God, in the flesh he can relate to anything. He can relate to anything, not either, yep. either that or the writer of Hebrews is a liar. <laughs> he was tempted in all ways and yet without sin. He was tempted not to go to the cross, yep. but he went. So, so we don't have somebody that can't relate to us, man. Yeah. Every way, suicidal thoughts, abandonment issues, family rejecting us at times or whatever it may be. We've got somebody that can really relate to us, but a lot of times we're not told that, Derek. I, I, I've found very few leaders that actually talk like this. But it's scripture. It's absolute scripture, man. And it's offensive, but it's truth. It mm-hmm. shouldn't be offensive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Man, before we go, we only got a few minutes left, and I know you have stuff yet to get to. Um, I, got, I got time, man. I got you got time? Minutes. Okay, cool. Time. So I, I, I want to make sure that we talk about, because we're kind of touching on it. We're not really getting into it, though. Sure. But talk about when you went through the deliverance counseling, what sure. changed? <clears throat> like, what changed? Like, what was bad? And then when you went through the counseling, there was a noticeable difference, a life-changing. Because I've, I've got the testimony, too. I want to hear sure. yours. Sure, sure, absolutely. For me, man, again, it took me willing to submit somebody. Again, there's that right relationships, right? Going to somebody who's graced and gifted and I'm not in the area. I had to go to them and submit and trust them. And then, but ultimately, man, it took, it took them when we pray, say, Holy Spirit, you bring up the memories. Bring up the roots that I've buried so far deep that I don't want to feel again, that I don't want to relate to again, and bring them up so that we can deal with them. A lot of times, man, those pains <clears throat> that I hung on to and suppressed so deep were lie-based beliefs. They were lie-based beliefs. And a lot, so, like, through those sessions, we would pray and say, you know, pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Now, again, some people may think that's just odd and weird. I'm sitting here going, but no, the Spirit of God does speak. So we would pray, and things would come into my mind, you know, like, you know, okay, your dad abused you because of this. This, that, and the other, and you know, uh, and so I, once I gained understanding beyond the initial abuse, beyond the initial trauma, beyond the initial feeling of what I was going through, once I gained understanding why they were like that, even if they did it purposely, even if they mocked and did it purposely, God almost showed me, you know, the Holy Spirit almost showed me why they did it, and I, and once I understood why they did it. You can I could release them. I could release that exactly, and a lot of times we don't we don't because it's just go 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 in society, man. Like I said, there's you know got to go to work, got to pay the bills, got to do this, got to take care of the kids, got to do this. So we rarely take time to really think upon things we've suppressed, and the and the and the, and the deception is, if we don't deal with those things, we will never grow forward. We will never mature forward. Or like you said a while ago, you had a great point. If we do. We will minister out of our wounds instead of out of healing, out of wholeness. Yeah, and so and and there's so many people doing it. Um, Carolyn's mentioned in the chat room that right now she's talking about uh, victimhood and being a victim and and owning that. Like this is no, I'm the victim, and 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 like you have something on that person. 
But when you release your right to have something on them or over them and you own it, you, you release it, you give it to God and you forgive them, you move on. And then God's able to birth something in you or give you something that, cause you, you kind of like holding all this stuff. I got my trauma here. I got my pornography here. I got God here, the Holy spirit here. And I'm carrying this. Right. When we say, okay, here's my hurt. God, I'm going to trust you with my hurt. He'll give you something that you're supposed to have that right. you're supposed to have to walk in your destiny and walk in your, in your calling, all of that stuff. You have to use that, that you have to use the hurt and stuff, use it to propel you and to learn from it. Right. Okay. I know how it feels to be molested. I'm not, I'm not going to molest anybody. Right. I know how it feels to be called stupid. You never amount to nothing. You're stupid. You'll never be anybody. I know how that feels. Guess what? I'm not going to say that to anybody even that, because I, lear- I learned from it, right? Even that, though, if somebody says, think about it. If somebody says, oh, you're stupid, you're never going to amount to anything, that's a type of insecurity. That's a type of fear. Yeah. There, there's no reason for somebody to come up to you and just out of a peace, having peace in their heart, you know, nobody's perfect, but having a peace and satisfaction to come to you and say, you're stupid, you're never going to amount to anything. The mere fact you have to ask, why are they saying <laughs> No. Why are they saying Should be a that? no-brainer, man. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, okay, is it jealousy? Yeah. Is it insecurity? Is it fear? You know, that no person with even a remote condition or posture of peace would say that. Now, if I had a, if I had a problem with you, brother, and, and we've had our stats back and forth, and you've spoken to my life, and I appreciate that. But if I had a problem with you, even if I saw where you were stuck in life, the, day, the, the way to deal with you or you to deal with me is not for me to come up to you and say you're stupid, you'll never amount to anything. I may say, hey, man, I believe in you. Look at the talents in your life. Look at, look at how much you study. Look at the influence you have, the greatest influence in your life. I want to see you walk in that. How can I help you? Because right now you seem very stuck because you can't forgive this person. So you're saying the same thing but in a life-giving, gracious, but truthful way because you really care about the person and want to see them move forward compared to this accusation of you're stupid, you're never going to amount to anything. Anybody who yeah. talks like that is very insecure, jealous, you know, because that, that's really revealing their own issues. Does that make sense? You're not the person to project their problems onto you because they themselves can't move forward. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, there's and there's so many people who 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 have felt that and been through that and and those are the ungodly beliefs because if especially if you're young and impressionable because it was it was done to me when I was a kid you know what I'm saying my mom told me that you know and um and and, and I didn't believe it I, I kind of believed it a little bit but there was more hurt that it came from that authority figure my right. mother you're stupid I can't believe you would do that it's so st- it's like, oh wow, and just speaking that over you as a kid, man. And it, it, it um, you have to build relationship, man. There's so many. I wrote about it in my book a bunch, man. But there's, there's just so many. Um, like we say, 101, man. I'm gonna keep going back to this. That spirits and demons. We like to mystify it and goblins and getting attacked by evil spirits and stuff, which is all part of that. But all of that is to put fear-based trauma in your in your mind and to change the way that you think to change the way that you you view people you view life you view view yourself and um Absolutely. that's what that's what it is and and throughout the scriptures man it, it talks about that and uh get getting freedom for that and i, I went through very similar um um uh, deliverance ministry as, as you and this was i get the name mixed up was it a bill hammond out of uh or fred Bill Hammond. Bill, I think. Bill, Bill Hammond, out of um, um, out of Panama City. What was the church? 
I forget, man. <laughs> another, another name, another yeah, so they like specialized in like putting out materials for uh, people to uh, guide people through deliverance ministry. And I, and so whenever me and my, my wife were engaged to be married, we had uh, someone that we went to a home church group with, a, small, a home meeting with. We love these people, adore these people, man. And um, they began, essentially became our pastors, but they taught us how to walk in the prophetic. They gave us exercises to do and ways to pray and how to hear the Holy Spirit. And man, that stuff was foundational for my faith. And so we would do that like every Thursday night, man. We go to church too, but this was like better than church because this was hands-on. Uh, this was with friendships, you know, versus sitting down here in a sermon. But um, so we were engaged to be married and I asked, first of all, we asked our church pastor to, to marry us and he said, okay. And then he kept pushing our date back and we'd try to make plans. He kept putting it off and putting it off and we'd have meetings with him. So we're like, okay, something's up. Let's just go with the person that we look up to. Let's ask him. Sure. And and he, he, he agreed, but he said, first, I want you guys to go through marriage counseling. And so he, we went through marriage counseling together beforehand, which is something that we all should do as well. Someone who, who's looking to get married. Um, and then he wanted us to go through one-on-one deliverance ministry by ourselves. And we're like, well, why can't we do it by together? He said, no, I want you to do it by yourselves because it's going to get kind of personal and things like that. So let's just do it. So he gave us a questionnaire to fill out and it was kind of fun. You're reading through it and you're re- about your past and stuff like, uh, you know, what, what's your ancestry? Do you have this in your background? Do you have this stuff? And then it's like, okay, thoughts in your mind. Have you had, uh, a disease. Do you think that you have cancer? And it was really weird because it was, it was like, do you have cancer? Do you have AIDS? It's like, do you think you do? Has the enemy ever told you that you have cancer? Has the devil ever told you that you're a homosexual? The, has the devil ever told you that you're never going to amount to anything? Yes. I've, I've had those thoughts that I'm stupid. I'm this. And it was like three pages and we turn it in and they pray over it. They pray and fast over, over our answers and say, okay, so there's, they're, they're praying over this to see what spirits they got to deal with that have been have came into my life through my my lineage which in the bible calls them generational curses what they're going to have to deal with some of the ungodly beliefs that are there it's giving them a heads up they pray and fast over that and so we go through a couple sessions of just counseling and um and and one of my big things was dealing with pornography pornography addiction right and it, yeah, it was it was it was strong early on, man. And um, so it was. So we went to a couple of just prep classes and stuff, and then we went to have the deliverance where they were going to initiate the prayer, and we we're going to go ahead and get into the de- deliverance and dealing with these issues. And we sat down on the couch, and they said, "Okay, uh, when's the last time you struggled with pornography?" And it was a, a husband and wife. They were older, and I said, uh, "Today." <laughs> yeah. And they and they got upset. They were like, "Oh, are you." You gotta. You have to show us that you want this. Like, you're still, you're still f- f- falling to the same stand. We want you to make sure that you're prayed up, you're fasted, and, and you're in a good spot so we can approach this together, so that we make sure it works. Like, we get this healing. We have to go to war. We're going to war. And I got upset, and they they were they were they were like disappointed. So I said, like, okay, we'll, we'll come back next week. We'll do it next week. And I'm like, okay. So we prayed and stuff, and then the next week, I think the same thing happened. When when's the last time you looked at porn? Early this morning. Oh, Derek, what's the deal? Do you want this healing or not? Yeah, I want it, but 
I just struggle. Okay. Well, we're going to keep, we're going to continue to pray and we want, we want to, we want you to get this healing. So then they said, we'll do it again next week. And uh, they wanted to see that I can just show some type of self-control or something. And I really wanted it. So the next week I came back, it was like the third week that they were going to pray to actually go into it. Oh, the third time. I don't know if it was weeks in between, but uh, sat me down. Okay, Derek, are you ready? I said, I'm ready. When's the last time you looked at porn this morning? I thought you were ready. You got to, Derek, come on. And it's okay. We're going to pray. And it brings back tears to my eyes to think about that. <laughs> um, and so we sat down to pray to get ready to leave. And I prayed and I said, Lord, I'm ready for my deliverance. <laughs> All right, man. <clears throat> oh, man, it's awesome, though, bro. <laughs> I said, Lord, I'm ready for my deliverance. And I said this in front of them. I said, these people are trying to tell me that I can't have my victory, that they want to put it off, but I want it now. I want it now, God. <laughs> Amen. And the fire of God just came. <laughs> I started to manifest, man. I started to convulse. I started to shake, man. I felt God. I felt the demons. I felt this war in my spirit, these, this place that I've, uh, uh, that was familiar with to me ever since I was a kid, began to fight with this new life that I had received in Christ. And I began to feel this war and they said, okay, let's do it. He's ready. And they began to pray and, and, and war over me. And uh, they prayed for a little bit and went through counseling with all, like you were saying, man, dealing with all those beliefs and, uh, and my brother and being tormented by my brother. My brother used to lock us in chest and uh, in dresser drawers and shut them. And we just had to be stuck in there and just trauma, man, from a kid that we dealt with it all. And we seen, okay, what would Jesus say to this? What would Jesus say to your brother? You know, and I got to see Jesus coming in and healing everything. And and one thing I said earlier um, was that we don't have the power to change the past, right? We can't we can't fix those years. We can't get time back, but we serve one who can. Right. Amen. Amen. And listen, there's there's always listen. If you look at the look at the scriptures, man, there's always God always takes these throwaways or these people who feel like they don't amount to anything or going through whatever. And he redeems them and makes them powerful witnesses, man. I mean, look at it. Paul was one who killed Jewish Christians. He was, he was a zealous rabbinic Jew, pharisaical Jew, who thought he was doing the will of God by killing Jews who believed in Jesus. And then when he had his conversion, when, when he got had an encounter with the Christ, the Messiah, yeah. now he's in building up Jewish people and Gentiles and, and Messiah. But he was a murderer, man. You know, he persecuted the bride of Christ. You know, look, I mean, you just go through it. Noah was a drunk. I mean, I know they have these things online now. You can kind of go through it. But, you know, everybody yeah. in life, David was an uh, adulterer. He murdered Uriah on the front line, had sex with yeah. him. But he was a man after God's own heart because he was broken over his sin. It's almost like there's this wrestling going on that we have the human nature and then yet we have the spirit of God. And it's like mm-hmm. God uses human beings, man. It, it, it's like... You know, one thing I disagree again, even though I got, even though I have some Calvinistic friends, I really appreciate and brothers. You know, the, the, we are co-laborers with the Holy Spirit. Derek, I know you would agree with that. Yeah. You know, there, there's a lot of times they'll say, "Oh, we're against synergy. Synergy is, uh, you know, where man has his part in this and God has this part." 
But the bottom line is there's several places, like in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1, where it talks about Paul says that we are co-laborers. We are fellow workers with God. And there's other places, like in 2 Corinthians, it talks about we are co-laborers. We work with God. God draws us. God does all the drawing, and the Spirit of God draws, but we have to choose to work with him. And it's just one of those things where we have to choose to submit or, or humble ourselves as he's drawing us to do that thing, man. And so I agree with you, man. It, it, it's a process. It's a, mm-hmm. That's the thing that I wish somebody would have told me from the get-go is that, um, is that coming to Christ is such a life-changing thing. However, that's just the beginning. Yeah. That's just the beginning because it's almost like now you're a newborn baby, spiritually yep. And mm-hmm. now you've got to grow. And, that, and not only that you've got to grow in Christ, but now you've got to – the Lord wants you to be whole. But it's like yeah. if you go to a doctor and the doctor says, well, I just don't want to hurt your feelings. Uh, you know, I see that you got a lot. I'm looking at the CAT scans here. I'm looking at the X-rays and I'm looking at, you know, everything we've got here. But I don't want to hurt your feelings. You know, I, I, I want to tell you that you're okay. No. Yeah. Now, all of us would say that doctor needs to take his license taken away from him. He's a deceptive doctor and yeah. he needs to lose his practice. Mm-hmm. You know, but the same thing. It's gentleness. It's kindness. God is love, right? It says, you know, we, we always love the quote, First Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, doesn't seek out for its own, so on and so forth. But what does it say later on? First Corinthians 13, 6, love does not rejoice with unrighteousness. Like in our day and age, we hear a lot of people, like you said, man, that want to just throw God's love around and just make it anything goes. They, like, they promote sensuality and law will say, God's love, so anything goes. No, no, yeah. God's love doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness, but it rejoices yeah. with the truth. Right? Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, Paul says, I pray that your love may abound more and more. In what? Knowledge and discernment. Not love, just a soulish emotion, but God wants us, listen, he knows us better than we know ourselves. And it it takes us growing personally, but guys, please, it also, get this before I get it. It took me almost 35 years to understand what I'm about to tell you because I came from an abusive home. Right relationships will take you places that you can't go on your own. Mm-hmm. God has healthy, authentic relationships that we will never grow in by ourselves, no matter how much we study the scriptures, no matter how much we fast and pray. Those things are good. We need to do them. I'm not telling you not to do them. But there is a reason that Jesus sent his disciples out two by two. There's a reason when they prayed together, they prayed together. Okay, they did pray alone at times, but it was also praying together. And the Spirit of God would move yeah. upon people. So there's things there's areas, there's mature, maturity steps forward, deliverance, there's healings, there's, there, there, are th- there are places that God wants to take you and make you whole. Part of it will be on you, and you seeking the Lord by yourself, but another part, a huge part will be other healthy relationships that you can be honest and transparent with. Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you can't, then we can't deal with these things. There's a reason that there's three different areas in the scriptures. Paul, Jesus says, right, forgive those who sin against you, the Lord's Prayer. James chapter 5 or 16, we mentioned it a while ago, says that we confess our faults to one another, that we may find healing. And um, there's another verse, man, it's slipping my mind right now, but it talks about, oh yeah, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, where it says, you know, if we confess our sins, he's faithful, faithful and just to give us, yeah. cleanse us, right? And he's not, John's not talking to pagans or unbelievers. He's talking to Christians. Yeah. He's talking to Messianic believers, Christians. Confess your sins to one another. Then he will cleanse us. Then we can move in the spirit. Then we can move with right doctrine. Then we can edify one another correctly. But if we try to do the edification and the right doctrine and the moving in the spirit with, with, with hidden sin in our life, 
God's not going to honor that man. Yeah. So it's very crucial. He, true worship is having a pure heart and clean hands. It begins there. Then it extends through your grace, spiritual giftings, and wherever you, wherever God has you going in life. That's, so anyway, man, that's that's one. Oh I'm yeah. Saying. Oh man. Um, when I went through the deliverance, man, um, no, like there was so much notable change. Like I said, I felt like that thing that had been with me my whole childhood, even after receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, confessing my sins, coming to Christ, there was something, there was something extra that needed to be done. And I, I used to have these fits of rage, man. Um, and when you read in the, in the, in the scriptures and a lot of times it tells us like the, um, the lust of the flesh or whatever, right. The, the things that, that, uh, that oppose the spirit. If you're not walking in the spirit, these things that you're going to practice. And one of them is fits of rage. And I would get mad, man. I remember even after being a Christian, arguing with my wife or whatever. And I remember grabbing the steering wheel and just trying to yank it off the road. I remember, um, and it would be this weird anger that came up, you know. And I remember um, playing video games all day. And then she she comes home like, what are, what are you doing? You put the clothes up? And we get into it over something small. And I get up in this weird fit of anger and start punching holes in the wall, lashing out. But when I went through the deliverance ministry, that stuff stopped. Right. That stuff left. I, I've never had to deal with that a, a day in my life again. Now we, we've had problems and stuff and we have things that we have to work through, but, but there was so much, man, so much that, that changed after going through these sessions, man, this uh, Christian prophetic prayer counseling is, is the name that they, the couple who uh, led me and my wife through it. Um, but like I said, you have to want it. Right. You can't, nobody can, force it on you. We, 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 we've seen so much freedom from it. Me and a couple friends, um, we just seen so much freedom that we were like, you guys got to do this. You got to do it. And, and other couples would go through it and they weren't ready. They didn't want it. And yeah. it, it was just, they, they couldn't vouch for it. Like, oh, I did it. It was good, but I don't really see what y'all were talking about, but it's weird because it's your level of faith. If you want it. And if it resonates with you, when we speak these words, if you're like, man, I have those, fears there i have the trauma and as we're speaking them the holy spirit will re reveal these things to you and if you're watching this and you have these these traumas if you have these things that you can't seem to get over and you see your destiny in, in the future you see the person that god has called you to be but that person seems so far away that person seems like there's no way that you can get there there's all these obstacles in, in between you know that if you're listening to that if that's you and you would like to go through these sessions that we've both experienced, Anthony is uh, almost certified to to actually. Um, what what is you you're actually getting a uh, degree in yeah, in the well, counseling certification through certification. Uh, Regents University for life coaching and part of life coaching is life growth, and sometimes it's it's more goal orientated, but a lot of mm -hmm. times people can't even set personal goals because they don't know exactly how to pass their pass their hurts. Yeah. So part of a coaching process can be walking through hurts. Now, I'm not a counselor, but we can walk through that as a as the person wants to walk through that. Mm -hmm. um, but overall, if it's that the wound is too deep, then I have uh, I'm sure Derek does, and I do too. We have recommendations for you guys that you can get in touch with other ministries. Yeah. There's that, um there man I've I've done a lot of private sessions even online through Skype over mm -hmm. telephone where people have gotten so much healing from it, from just a session, our session, um, by, by doing it. And it's awesome. 
Because, like, I remember going into it, I didn't know, I didn't, like, a hundred, like, one of my ungodly beliefs was that God wouldn't touch somebody through the computer screen or, or over the phone and pray for them and something happens. But then I tried it, stepped out in faith, and somebody, somebody coached me. Somebody stepped out and said, hey, try it on me. I have a pain right now. Will you pray for my neck? And I'll tell you what's going on. And I prayed. I spoke the, the word of faith over them. They felt the healing instantly. Says they encouraged me. It works, brother. Do it. Be encouraged. This is That's your awesome. calling. And I, I did a couple sessions, man. And for me, this is what I've seen. And you're going to see this too, Anthony. You're going to see that there's a lot of people who um, want to assist in the healing of, of humanity. They want to do what we're doing. They want to help people come and, and find healing to walk in their destiny, walk in their callings. They want to help people. But first, they have to get over their own trauma, their own wounds. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, what you're going to be doing is healing the healers. Those who are called to heal, you're going to heal them. And every, every person that I had on these private sessions were all people who wanted to do what I was doing, whether it was to do it full time. And they feel like that's what they want to do with all of their time is to heal people and to lead them into counseling and one-on-one -on -one prayer, intercession, things like that, right? And we've seen a lot of people come forth after going through these deliverance classes. And, and, and we say deliverance, and sometimes it's these big sit-downs, but sometimes it's even just like a conversation, what we're having right now, just being real with one another and finding somebody to do that with. And I'll tell you what, it works so much for me and my wife, and we've seen so much fruit in it. And so if you guys would like to have a session with Anthony, Anthony uh, is available by appointment. I don't, th I don't know if you have a website yet, but you do have an email address or some ways that people can get in sure. contact with you yes, as sir. well, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, you can contact me through Anthony J. Cummings, 230581S, the letter S, at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, man, listen, I want to ask you something, Derek, unless we're running low on time. You, you mentioned a while ago before you went through the deliverance process. You were playing video games a lot, and I had my issues. I was addicted to pornography a lot. And let me tell you something, but let me be honest with you. You know how I like to study a lot, right? One time the Lord spoke to me, and, and it was the Holy Spirit, man. He spoke to me. You know what he said? He said, you bury your pains behind you studying the scripture. I want to deal with some things in your life, but you cover it up with biblical study. You have a zeal for study, and there's nothing wrong with that. But because you have a zeal for study, one of your – how can I put it? I don't want this to come out the wrong way because we are supposed to be good Bereans, right? We're supposed to be good disciples and study the mm -hmm. Scripture. But because I had such a passion – I don't know if you can relate to this, but this is something he dealt with me about. It was deep. Is that my passion to study overrode areas that God wanted to work on and heal in my life. Yeah. He's not, he never told me not to study. He was saying I was using studying as a cop-out to not deal with the things that he was trying to deal with me already with. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I mean, because you can even do that. It's almost like A.W. Tozer used to have a quote that said something <laughs> like this. He said, you know, it's, 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 it's almost like um, – you can. It's almost like you pray until you really pray. Some people say, "Oh, well, you better use wisdom on that." You know, you better see. You know, I let me. You know, or what they'll do is they'll cover up their unbelief with, uh, "Well, just be sure you seek wisdom about that." And I'm all about seeking wisdom. That's good. I'm not, and, and accountability and counsel. But sometimes we have these nice cliche Christian sayings that are not. We're, we're using them as a cover up, not to do what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, Does it's almost. Yeah, it's almost like you're doing the right thing. But at the wrong time, like you're doing, you're doing right. You're not doing bad stuff, but you're doing it to, 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 to occupy time or to buy time 
because a lot of times we know God wants to deal with us. Right. And see, when you when you when you already know what God's wanting to do in your heart, and you know what He's already convicting you. You're in a good place because we don't have to get to the bottom of it. We know we just have to kind of help you get over that hill of releasing that, how to do it, and how to stay free. Right? You shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. Right. But we have to walk in that freedom. So we're doing the right thing, but at the wrong time. And for me, and probably most of us listening, maybe that's quiet time. Maybe that's going into the inner chambers with the Lord, spending time in, in intimate worship, like you said, by ourselves first. And so for me, when I shut everything down and I go into that space with the Lord, um, he's going to deal with me. Right. He always does. Right. And he, he either he'll, he'll birth vision in you. He'll tell you how to you know what I'm saying? How to get over uh, hurdles and, 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 and all kinds of things in that secret place with God. And so for me, it would be maybe, like you said, the studying or the video games or whatever to like buy time not to go in to the, the, the inner chambers with God. But that's part of walking in the spirit is having the spiritual communication with God and going back because we pour out, we pour out, we pour out. We got to go back and let God fill us up, man. Like you say, be being filled. Could, could you imagine, man, if let's just say hypothetically I had cancer and I had a heart to reach out to people who had cancer, right? And the doctor's like, I got to deal with you. And I'm like, well, I don't got time for doctor's appointments right now, man. I got other people that are dying of cancer right now. So I need yeah. to go reach out to these guys. And eventually, because I'm doing something very good, right, or let's just say feeding the poor, let's just say going visiting orphans, these things are all good things. They're even biblical. Help the people. Help, help, the, help, help the people. Yeah. I said people. <laughs> help the people out there that are going through this stuff. But at the same time, because we don't allow ourselves to receive healing or allow others who are graced in areas to speak into our lives and help us walk out healing, eventually we're going to collapse. We're going to collapse because we won't allow, we cover up our own needs a lot of times by doing good things when it's almost like the Lord's like, I want to deal with you. I need to deal with you first because you can only give so much. You can only give what you allow in your life. Yep. So it's one of those things that it's the same thing spiritually guys. We can't be healers, quote unquote. We can't be mature perceivers in the spirit, quote unquote, unless we walk out healing and deliverance in our lives. Mm-hmm. The, the more, the, the, the further we push that away, then the further we'll remain crippled, even in our best meaning, our best well-meaning intentions. Yeah. Your, your intentions can be the purest yeah. out of all and the, and the most well-meaning. Yeah. I mean, there's people out there, there's people in the world today that will set their hair on fire or, or they want to cut off their arm because they think it's an extra appendage. And they're very sincere. They're very pure in thinking that even though it's a screwed up mind, screwed up thought in their life. Sincerity is great and having well-meaning intentions is great, but that does not mean you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yep. So, Remember, God always has to deal with you first, has to deal with us first so that we can be in a position to help others in a healthy way. Because you can't lead them further than you have allowed yourself to be led. Yep. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Again, Anthony Cummins, like I said from the beginning, I I think that uh, this was going to be a a good podcast. And uh, I think it was. I felt the Holy Spirit moving and working throughout the whole thing. So if you felt that, man, that, that, that presence, there's, there's nothing that can take the place of that. That's the Holy Spirit. People, people who don't know biblical lingo, or they don't know that the Holy Spirit is an energy or you can feel it. You know what I'm saying? You, you feel these, these chill bumps and stuff. They get it all the time and listening to some conversation and stuff, but that is the person of the Holy Spirit. If you have not uh, made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm telling you, you, you won't grasp what 
I talk about in my music, you won't grasp uh, the, the truth. I will be selling you a half truth if I told you another way to get to God other than through the person of Jesus Christ. So if you want to do that, we're here to pray for you guys. Um, if, I'll, I'll lead you in a prayer right now. If you're watching this and, and you do not have a relationship with Jesus, it's this simple to know that, first of all, that I'm a sinner, that I, I've sinned and, and sin separates me from God. But God made a way for me to come to him through the cross, through Calvary. He sent Jesus who was perfect. He lived the perfect life, sin free, and he became the sin offering. He took our place. He died so that we could live. He became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God. And so God made a way for us to connect with him the right way, unadulterated, nothing in the way. He hears our prayers through the person of Jesus, man. And so if that's you, if you want to know him as your savior, if you want to, if you want to experience him, like Anthony's been talking about, as I've been talking about tonight, you can go ahead and do that. I'm going to pray. I just want you to repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. You cleanse me. Wash me in your blood. I admit that I'm a sinner and I need your grace. I need your mercy. I ask you to seal me with your precious Holy Spirit and wash me in your love. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Man, if you prayed that and you meant it, look, you are sealed. You can come into right relation with right relationship with God through the person of Jesus, man. And so um, people hit me up all the time. They they kind of they, they get it, but they, they want to know what it is. What is it that you have in this relationship with Jesus? And for some people, that seems too easy because there's Jesus everywhere. Jesus on every corner. Jesus on every tv channel jesus on t-shirts he's your homeboy what are you talking about we're talking about an intimate relationship with the creator of the universe created heavens the heavens and the earth who knows everything about you all the wrong that you've ever done all the times you've stole you've cheated you've lied you've cursed all the bad thoughts you've ever had and you know what he still loves you he made a way for you man so i'm telling you that's it relationship with jesus man no, 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 I'll say this. Son. We, I, I guess you got to get off here. Is that, you know, yeah, we got to go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Know this, man, that the love of God and the grace of God is powerful to restore, man. It's, it's, it's powerful to, um, and it's little by little. Again, if you may be a believer going through the wilderness, welcome to the club. Moses went through the wilderness as a believer. Paul went to the wilderness of, you know, of Arabia. There's, there's areas that you're a believer, but you may not be a believer, and you just said that prayer. I want to encourage you guys, number one, seek the Lord. Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. And secondly, let that happen amongst like-minded believers. Find healthy relationships. People are not against the kingdom of God. Pray. Say, Holy Spirit, I'm going to go. And as I'm going, lead me to a healthy community of believers because we need it, man. Like Derek was saying a while ago, it's one thing to hear preaching in a sermon, and there's a place for that. We need that. But then there's other things like building authentic relationships that will take you places that you can't go on your own. That there's something about relational growth together that's totally scriptural and it's just a principle of life. So God bless you guys. Derek, it's been a privilege, man, to actually talk to you again. And yeah, brother. Thank you so much for letting me be part of your show. Dude, thanks for coming on, man. I love you, bro. Love you too, man. Amen. That was Anthony Cummins, ladies and gentlemen. So I hope you guys were blessed by this episode. And if you would like to support what I'm doing, you can head on over to patreon.com backslash truthseeker. And there you can uh, 
come on board and support at any level of giving, anywhere from a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars a month, whatever you feel uh, led to do. And it will help us so much, help us uh, do this full time and bring more podcasts, more shows, more music, all that good stuff. Thank you guys. Again, everybody who's already doing that from the bottom of my heart. I love each and every one of you guys. And we will be back with more episodes this week. Grace and peace to all of you guys. Shalom. All right, bro. Yeah, thanks for hanging out, man. I thought that was really good. How did you think it honestly went? No, I thought it went really good, man. I enjoyed it. Good deal. I, I appreciate it. it, man. It's been awesome because I like I, uh it's one, it's one thing I'm learning right now in the coaching situation is that you can't uh, – one of the principles they teach us is that when you try to coach somebody, um, you have to share your – you know, you got to share where, what made you come to the point you're at so they can – a person can relate to where you struggled with and what you went through. Now you don't have to make it a whole drawn out story, but like, you know, yeah. the first session is all about just getting the client, getting to know you, why you are where you are. And then uh, you getting to know them, why they are where they are. And that sort of sets the foundation of what we can do to move forward. So it's interesting, man, you can put whatever title you want on it. It's just meeting people where they're at and actually just taking them through practical steps in prayer, but also practical steps in life and moving them forward. So it's, if you don't mind me asking, I know your time's limited. What do you do? Um, you say you have healing sessions. I saw that on your website. What does that consist of? I haven't done it in a long time, but there was, man, there was a, a point where I, where I was doing it a lot. And uh, I would, um, dude, I would just pray. And, and I was, it was weird because I know you see me on some of the new age interviews and stuff. And so I go into that area as the Lord allows me. And mm-hmm. I've, I'm struggle with the terminology sometimes, like, um, um, try to make it, I try to, you know, be a sheep in wolf's clothing to be able to go there and then try to say some things that relate to them, but then give them some type of biblical understanding through it. So, um, sure. I would struggle with, okay, how much of the gospel, how blatant should I say it so I don't get run off? Cause I need to be here. I'm flourishing here. It's working this type of stuff. So, um, I would struggle with the, the terminology early on and because of the Lord, I felt the release from the Lord to just, um, go there and don't even quote scriptures and don't even quote verses, but make, make, but, but explain the, the spirit behind the verses and, and, and just say the verse, but in my own, what it means to me and, and explain it. I found a lot of grace there, but then I kind of got lost in it a little bit to where like I had to make sure that it was like, I was leading them the right way, you know? And at, so as opportunity was given, I would open up the door for the gospel or just my experience and my encounter with God um, so then when I was doing sessions, I would charge like, uh, 75 bucks for 30 minutes. Um, and people and, would pay for it, huh? Oh man, dude, I got friends. I, I got a, I know a lot of people who do this for a living, dude. They make, man, they make $300 per half hour. Like a, some people charge a thousand dollars for an hour and just like, wow. don't, don't undersell yourself. Like, and understand like people want to help people want to give. Right. Um, it's that it's many people's ministry is to give and you know, what the scriptures say, the ministry of helps right. of, of helping you and they're gifted financially and they love 
to uh, promote the to support those who are out there on the front lines doing the work of the ministry that they can't do whether they're up in age and it was fun it was not funny but weird to me that like a lot of people who supported me early on um were older women like old women who don't listen to rap music but they hear the message and they they understand the vision and stuff and they get behind it and it's about do what we're doing right now you got to like going on and doing podcasts and like going on other people's shows and, and who have already have a platform and, and let them know what you do. Even if you have to go on through the demon stuff and kind of get in there and then promote what you do. Like it's about networking. Um, but so what I would do in my sessions, um, I would lead people on, and I'm still trying to see how I feel about it. Um, cause I want to continue to do it, but I would lead them in like a guided meditation. And, um, and I would, I wonder how that would be forth, like from a Christian uh, perspective. I would just say, you know, we're just going to relax. We're just going to, I want to see yourself, uh, um, you know, being close to God and, and, and just, and I would lead them on a, a meditation, like you're going to heaven and meeting God and stuff or whatever. Or we go to heaven and, and, and there's God and he loves you and there's divine healing there. And then we, and I would do that just to kind of get them relaxed and just to get them in that state. Cause we know the power of that of getting in that state. I mean, sure. I could do that or, or play worship music or something, you know, to kind of get relaxed and, and to kind of get into the spirit realm. So I would do that. And, um, and then I just begin to pray over them, dude. Yeah. I begin to, well, first, I mean, first we would do a consultation to where they would tell me what they were dealing with. And just through, you know, first of all, through um, discernment and then letting them just tell it. Cause you know, out of the, the, uh, the, the mouth, the, the heart speaks or whatever. Um, and they'll tell you, yeah, I'm, my job situation, I don't know what to do. Job situation. And you just start writing things down, and the Holy Spirit may give you a note, and then the Holy Spirit may give you some back notes on whatever they mentioned, and you just let them talk, and you ask them questions, and you just do a little consultation, and, um, and you know, let them know if you can help them. Yeah, I can. And you have to encourage them and say, you know, yeah, I, I know I can help you. We can get through this stuff together. I believe in you and encourage them. And Derek, you're, and I, co- you're already a coach, bro. <laughs> uh, man, I would, uh, I, I would, I would do that. And, uh, and like I said, dude, hundred percent, like every time people wanted to do what I was doing, they, they seen themselves doing, they want to help people, right. but they, they have to get over. And some people may have like a weed addiction. Some people have a childhood trauma. And I felt it's a weird place is new, but it was weird. You know, like you're, you're taking money um, to do something that we'd love to do for free. You know what I'm saying? And we, (laughs) so kind of getting over that ungodly belief of of that. And, um, and uh, cause I would, cause essentially I'm, I'm praying for him, but it didn't, then it's not, okay. You're not paying for the deliverance. You're not paying for the prayer. You're paying for my time because my time is valuable. And if I was to do this for free, do you know how many messages I would get in my inbox? I have, I have people who aren't even serious who say, Hey, you can pray for me too. You know, I want to get healing, you know, and people who aren't even serious. And then, so even the money is just an act of faith when they book that session and they pay for it that lets you know, they want it mm-hmm. because where your treasure is there, your heart would be also, if they spend money on it, then we're not, you know, if we have a heart for the children of Africa, guess what we're going to do? We're going to send money. We're going to go to Africa where our treasure is, what we spend our money on confesses right. where our heart is. We don't Absolutely. care about Africa. Not if we're not spending money over there, you know, and right. so whatever you're spending money on and we learned that out early, but uh, it's true. 
And that, that and and that act of faith is already that they're going to be healed, that they're going to get what they what they're looking for, mm-hmm. if they want healing, and then and then just seeing God move, man. Not even even in personal sessions, but even just in prayer, because like there was um w- w- what really helped me like in the new age circles, man, is like like the um of seeing stuff, seeing it manifesting and knowing it, see it play out knowing it and believing it and bringing that over to my faith in Christ is like, when I pray for you, I don't, I'm not wondering if God's going to heal you. I hope he heals you. Let's see if he will. No, in Jesus mighty name right now, I speak healing and I believe it. And my faith connects with theirs. And we're seeing healing over the phone. People on the other side of the world, man, speaking healing on their phone. They start crying, dude, and shaking and um, getting feeling back in their legs and just create. And God began to blow my mind and just increase my faith. Do it. Just do it <laughs> and believe it, man. It's that simple. It's nothing special about me. It's just, it's, a, it's the Bible, man. You know, just do it. I, I battled that. <clears throat> you know, I used to pray, well, if it be your will, the honest yeah. truth is, I heard somebody say it like this. There's nowhere in the scriptures where anybody prayed, God, if it be your will to be healed. It was always yeah. that people be healed. It would, now, it would either be, it could either be my lack of faith or the person's lack of faith or whatever's yeah. going on there. I don't want to blame the person, but I would probably put it back on me more than anything else. But I don't see anywhere in the scriptures where, where it was never God, excuse me, it was never God's will to heal somebody. That yeah. was, you know, I just, I, so I'm having to learn that as well because I, I got used to praying, well, Lord, if it be your will, let this happen. Yeah. But, but the honest truth is, if I'm going to stand on the scriptures, it's always his will to yeah. heal somebody. And I'm sitting here going, now, go ahead, I'm sorry. The play, no, the, the, like, t- to be honest, the um, one place that I struggle with that, and this is the only place, but the one place that I struggle because it's big, like we're talking about going through the trials and tribulations that are set up by God. Right. And so if God has something for you to learn in that season, I can't pray you out of it. That's true. Until That's true. you learn. What, I'm not, if God's trying to teach you patience and, and there's, and, and there's some, some heartache and there's some trauma and things that go through that you have to learn to get that character and pass that test. We can't pray people out of it. And that's so true. that's the discernment that we have to use. And it is kind of, it is tricky, man. Um, cause I, cause I do understand. I, so I do try to t- coach people of like to learn what, what God is saying in this season. Um, and it, and it can be tricky cause people are like, okay, I want to want you to pray for me. Pray that, uh, I'll get over my fear. Okay. Well, to get over your fear, guess what you may have to do? You have to face your fears. Yeah, face your fears. Face it head on, man. And and conquer it and beat it. And guess what? When that fear comes back, you've already faced it. You've conquered that fear. And it may come into something else. But to learn how that takes place, man, um, that's the only thing I struggle in. But I guess that's part of it because even for us, it shouldn't be systematic and like, you know what I'm saying, formulaic. It should be something that we have to, okay, seek God over. Okay, Lord, what are you saying? What do you want for this person? This person wants healing. What are you trying to tell them? And prophetically, let the Lord tell us. Right. And we deliver that message and go into a session and prayer and let them have an encounter. Essentially, let them have an encounter with God. You know, right. let them pray pray over them. And, and man, they start, dude, when, when they start crying and weeping over over Skype and, uh, and you know, the Holy Spirit's moving, dude. Um, it's That's working, tough. dude. You know That's what I'm tough. saying? <laughs> it's encouraging. Have you done any... Any yet? Have you done no, a couple? I'm in or? my first one right now. I'm in my first session right now. Well, I say mm-hmm. I had one last week, and uh, part of the training I got seven more weeks to go, and I'll be certified through Regents. Um, so I got about a little less than two months. So one of the um, 
one of the uh, steps in the training is to have somebody and coach them through seven weeks of coaching. So I started with the first session last week. I'll have the next session tomorrow. So it's, it's kind of interesting. I got to watch myself because I,